And we are back with another episode of the Media Boat Podcast, your weekly episodes for talk on movie, TV, music, and video games. Not necessarily in that order. My name is Mike. His name is Matt. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. Thank you for joining us in this March 4th episode. We've hit March. Yes, we're in March. Uh, best month. Uh, March 4th, 2023 is today's date. This is episode 373 of the Media Boat Podcast. And like he said, we're going to give you the lowdown on news and thoughts about this week in media, including movies, television, video games, and music, not necessarily in that order. It's exactly Period. what I said. I know, I know. Just reiterate. It's like you know, an it helps echo. Remember. It's like an echo in here. It helps, you know, it's the same thing as like, you say the name over and over again, it helps you remember. Well, it also is like a palindrome, because like you say it, then I yeah. say it, then you say it. It's like the episode title, like 373, 373, goes forwards and backwards. It's an Ouroboros, snake eating its own tail. Uh, oh, that reminds me. Do we ever finish talking about the physical 100? No, I, I mean, maybe you didn't say, talk about the end of it, but... Wait until the television section. Okay, because there's an Ouroboros reference in it. Aha. Well, before we get there. Yes, before we get to the Ouroboros. We need to talk about the beginning of the show, which is... Music. And we start the music with the billboard. And we start the billboard with the Hot 100. Yes. Uh, Once again, your number one song is Flowers by Miley Cyrus. So this has been number one for about four weeks now? Five weeks now? At least, yeah. Have you listened to this yet? I have only ever heard the chorus. I have not heard this in its entirety, still. So don't listen to the radio anymore, so... Yes, but we could seek this out no. if we wanted to. Yeah, nah, I'm good. Uh, at two, Kill Bill by SZA. Yep. At three, Boy's a Liar, part two, by Pink Panthers and Ice Spice. Moving up a spot this week. Coming in at four, Metro Boomin', The Weeknd, and 21 Savage with Creepin'. Not that creepy, but creepy. <laughs> and rounding out your top five last night ah. by Morgan Wallen. <sighs> As for your album chart, your Billboard 200. At number one, SOS by SZA. Mm-hmm. At two, Trustfall by Pink. Yep. I think that's debuting at number two. I believe it is. Uh, coming in at three is Midnight's by Taylor Swift. At four, Heroes and Villains by Metro Boomin. And rounding out your top five, Dangerous, the double album by Morgan Wallen. And I'm sorry to report, but this will not be the end of him. He will have a new record on this list probably next week. Dangerous, the double album. Mm-hmm. Dangerous, the triple album. <laughs> the triple album. <laughs> Might as well be. I heard that the, like, whatever his new thing is also has like 36 tracks on it. And I'm like, what is this man doing? I think people are just throwing <laughs> lyric sheets at him and seeing what sticks. Record this, record this, record this. <laughs> Who the hell knows? Anyways. If you didn't like any of those albums, we have new releases. Okay. Starting with Radical Romantics by Fever Ray. Okay. Love as Projection by Frankie Rose. Past, Present, Future by Meet Me at the Altar. UK Grim by Sleaford Mods. Mm-hmm. And Endless Summer Vacation by Miley Cyrus. Does someone need to get Miley a calendar? Uh, that it is March and is not summer <laughs> vacation yet? Not even close. Uh, some people haven't even had their spring breaks yet. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, Miley. Uh, keep living in living in your own world there. See, if you set the album out now and release <laughs> the singles over the next two months, or the next month, by the time you get to April, end of April, <laughs> yeah, that's when there. summer starts. We're almost there. And everyone's so, been listening to it. Everybody knows that. 
All right. Well, anyways. Anyways, let's get into the music news then, shall we? Let's shall. And we'll start over on the East Coast, where (laughs) Travis Scott has been accused of assaulting a 52-year-old man at a New York nightclub where Don Tolliver held an after-party following his concert at Irving Plaza. Officers from the New York City Police Department confirmed to Variety that the assault occurred at Club Nebula in Midtown Manhattan at 2 a.m. And thus the saying goes, nothing good ever happens after 2 (laughs) a.m. It's true. Quote, a 52-year-old male and the 31-year-old male got into a verbal dispute which escalated into a physical altercation. The victim was punched in the face and there was subsequent damage to an audio speaker and a video screen causing about $12,000 in damages. Shit. The investigation is ongoing. So far, this is an alleged assault, so no arrests have been made yet. Oh, Travis Scott's just not making anything easier for him, is he? Um, I know that this actually coincides with Rolling Loud Festival basically committing to him mm-hmm. being their, one of their big headliners through all of their stops. It's like, what are they doing? I'll say, isn't Rolling Loud this weekend in Los Angeles? I think it starts there, and then I think it's also they've got international dates. Yep. So, yeah, it's, it's just embarrassing, Travis Scott. Like, come on. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing with your career here? One thing after another. Um, maybe he just needs to go to McDonald's and pick up a Travis Scott meal. Is that still there? I thought they were on to the uh, Cardi B and Offset meal. Well, yeah, but you can still get a Travis Scott meal at McDonald's. Oh, you just order it all a cart. You can't just order it by name. Yeah, right? you just can't order it as a Travis yeah. Scott meal. Yes. <laughs> don't do that. Yes. Just also, don't, don't, don't order do the, the Cardi, Cardi B and B Offset. Actually, offset. I don't know what the <laughs> Cardi B and Offset meal consists of. I've only seen as the ad that it exists. It's I'm just it's, it's like a date work. night meal of like two of burger, what though is it like a chicken two burgers, burgers one shared fry one shared apple pie and Wait. one shared two Wait. drinks okay I object to this because you cannot share an apple pie those apple pies are not shareable no those are single serve yes but there is one apple pie in the meal I would also argue that the fries those also would not be shareable to me I think that I can take down a large fry um, personally. I believe it's a one medium fry, not even a large. Oh, fry. that's even more ridiculous. exactly. Well, Cardi B and Offset, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, what are you doing? Well, you know, they're following the promotion that Travis Scott did, <laughs> but don't follow him over here into the yeah, assaulting fifty-two-year-old men. No, no, it's a bad road <laughs> to go down. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. All right, what's our second story here? All right. For uh, the oldies here. Yes, the, our the, second uh, story takes it way back. Way back. Actually, my boss would really love this story because he is a major <laughs> Kiss fan. Well, tell him that he has a limited time to do this. Oh. I actually uh, mentioned to him last year when they announced yeah. that Kiss was having their final show tour. Like, hey, did you get your tickets already? And he's like, of course <laughs> I did. Of course he of did. Of course he did. But in case you didn't get your tickets to see Kiss in concert, well, the absolute final shows of their final tour for a finality that may or may not have a reunion has officially been announced. Uh, the North American leg that kicks off in October and closes with two back-to-back nights in New York City's Madison Square Garden on December 1st and 2nd. These dates are pegged uh, to the band's End of the Road Tour, which started in 2018 and was originally scheduled to end in 2021, but was delayed due to the pandemic. Yeah. The long-winded 
Trek is the band's self-proclaimed final retirement send-off, though the band's uh, touring career has notably been extended several times following a farewell tour in <laughs> the 2000s. In, no, in the year 2000. In 2000. In the year 2000. <laughs> the band made the announcement on Howard Stern's uh, Serious XM show. So, I mean, okay. Yeah, the, 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 they're like the Tom Brady of... of Eventually they'll come back. Like, they just keep retiring, but they keep coming back. Um, 20 years later, here we are again. Uh, They still say that they're going away. However, yeah, I guess if you care about KISS, you might want to, you know, if you want to see them before they call it quits for good, this might be, might be your last chance. So. And where else to rock and roll all night. And party every day. Than in a city that doesn't sleep. (laughs) I mean, that makes sense, right? Like, Yeah, unless you slip in an ambient. I don't like that. No. Um, Because he does. Uh, anyway, yeah, I don't, I don't care about Kiss. But I'm sure there's people out there just like your boss who do. So. Yes, there are definitely people out there who like Kiss, yeah. who are big Kiss touring I fans. believe uh, uh, so friend of the show, uh, friend of the show Lexi uh, is a big Kiss fan. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Shout out. Go follow her Twitch. Yes. Anyways. <laughs> anyway. She'll never hear this. Until <laughs> anyway. uh, we like, secretly bombard her Twitch. <laughs> right, until you send her, like, what, what, um, what's the term? What's the thing you do on, on Twitch? What? A raid? Yeah, a raid. Yeah. You're a raider? A raid. Yeah. Or vice versa. Anyways, let's and, move on. Uh, did you listen to anything? Uh, so, no. There weren't a whole lot of releases this week. I checked the new releases. I was like, there's nothing here. I did listen to one thing, okay, but it does coincide with TV. Well, so we'll get there. Then. We'll get there. Yeah, I saw a lot of TV soundtracks and a video game soundtrack. I was like, what is happening on the new releases this yep. week? But anyway, that means that's it for music. Yep, so let's go right into video games. Video games. Uh, cruising right along here, yes. starting with new releases. All right. We start with Dead Cells, colon, Return to Castlevania. This is DLC for Dead Cells that will feature Castlevania characters, enemies, and locations. This is for the PS4, PS1, Switch, and PC. Yeah. Sorry, did I say PS1? Xbox One. PS1. <laughs> yes, the PlayStation 1 version of Dead Cells. Yes. That actually looked pretty cool. Honestly. PlayStation 1 DLC. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Must have Ethernet connection. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, we also have a DLC or expansion for The Outer Worlds, colon, Spacer's Choice Edition. So this is kind of a like Game of the Year edition kind of style where this is just bundling all of the content that's been released since the original game's release into one package you can buy for 60 bucks. And that's for the newer consoles, PS5, yes. Xbox Series X, and PC. Yeah, no word on that sequel to The Outer Worlds that supposedly Obsidian is working on, along with their five other projects. <laughs> Uh, there's also Clash, colon, Artifacts of Chaos mm-hmm. for everything but the Switch. Sure. There's also the fighting game Fatal no, Frame. Yeah. That's not a fighting game. Yeah, Fatal Frame is the fighting game. Fatal Frame is not the fighting game. It is. No. Isn't it? It is. I don't think it is. Fatal Frame, colon, Mask <laughs> of the Lunar Eclipse. I thought that was about, like, horror game photography. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. You're thinking of Guilty Gear, I think. No. (laughs) Fatal Frame. Survival Game. Survival Game. (laughs) Series. I'm thinking of Guilty Gear. You are thinking of Guilty Gear. Fatal Frame. Yeah. Also an alliterative game. Yes. (laughs) Is a survival horror game where you take photos. 
It's the frame. Yes, I think he has <laughs> guilty year. Anyways. Yes. So that is uh, coming out on everything, including the Switch. Yes, that's everything. And then lastly, <laughs> I was going to write off here. Yeah, just, on, just, my, yeah. on, on my Monster Energy Supercross 6 <laughs> yep. um, game. For everything but Switch. Yeah, everything but Switch. No, I mean, yeah, something for everybody this week, I guess. Yes. Uh, clearly something for everything. Except for fighting game fans. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, uh, unless you want to like kick someone on a bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could. Yeah. Right. So let's get into some uh, video game news. Yes. And let's we start with the Pokemon Company. Pokemon Direct happened. Yeah. A Pokemon Direct happened this week. Yes. They announced a lot of stuff. Um, stuff that you don't have on here, including <laughs> the official announcement of what Pokemon Sleep is. Yeah, so uh, we'll get the, I figured we'd be able to talk about that after we read the main story here. Okay. We'll talk about the couple of other things they announced. All right. So the main story is that, yes, DLC is coming. Yes. We knew it was coming. Their expansion pass is coming. But they finally announced what it was. Yes. So the Pokemon Company has announced a two-part uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet expansion. Just like what they did with Sword, Sword and Shield. Yep. Hidden Treasures, Hidden Treasure of Area Zero, Part 1, colon, the Teal Mask, and Part 2, colon, the Indigo Disc, will be released this fall, autumn, winter, <laughs> sometime this year. So this specifically is, the first Part 1 will be sometime in the fall, so expect that probably October, is yep. my guess. And then the winter one will probably be December. Uh, it's probably part January, uh, after the holidays. I don't think so. I think that that's definitely timed for the holidays. I'll get to why I think that a little later. But anyways. All right. So this was revealed during a Pokemon Presents broadcast on Monday. Mm-hmm. The DLC will see players travel to the land of uh, Kita... Kitakami. Kita- yes, that. Kita- Kit- Kitakami. Kit- Kitakami. <laughs> and encounter brand new Pokemon. No, that means that you will be leaving Paldea. Yes. Weird choice, in my opinion. I mean, technically, it's the same thing for Sword and Shield. They said uh, to a different island. Yeah, I guess. So, both parts of the expansion will introduce older Pokemon not found in the Paldea region, including Milotic, Ninetales, uh, Shiftry, Metagross, Seal, and Alcremie? Al- Al- Alcremie. I think the Al-Cremie. L is misplaced in this. Yes, Alcremie. Yeah. Yeah, the. the um, Vanilla, little like Cone. whipped cream looking guy. Yes, uh, players who pre-order the expansion will be provided with a new uniform set, which will yes. differ depending on which game you have. Note: I want to note here. I was wait, like like waiting during this trailer for like, please let us buy clothes. Please let us buy clothes. And this is all they offer: a new uniform set. So yeah. it's just more default uniforms. Still no buying actually new outfits for your trainers. As an early purchase bonus, players who buy the expansion before October 31st uh-huh. will receive a Hisuian Zoroak, which isn't attainable in the Paldea region. The Hisuian Zoroak knows the move Happy Hour, where it takes you, yes, it's a dark type, uh, Terra <laughs> type move, um, and has the charismatic yeah. mark. I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> I do love the idea of a move called Happy Hour. 
Yes. It's very funny to me. It's like, does he get drunk? <laughs> like, does he spend all his money on his coworker? Like, what is it? what's happening at happy hour? He only appears between uh, 3 p.m. and 6 p.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, it only, only costs $2 to drink. Yep. Um, yeah, and he goes to, does some sloppy karaoke. It's really embarrassing. Um, yeah. So overall, uh, I think it was a good direct. So the other two things that we can talk about here. Yep. You're right. They did finally actually announce Pokemon Sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be coming at some point later this year. It is basically a sleep tracking app. Except they've described exactly how it works now. So now we have a better idea of how it works. So just like any other sleep app, you basically have your phone or this new Pokemon Go accessory that they're selling that also does this. You mean Pokemon Go Plus Plus? Plus Plus, yes. Um, so you have that on your bed as you sleep. And then that's it can like track your movements. Mm-hmm. And then in the morning, it'll tell you your results. And it associates a term, basically, with a Pokemon that sleeps similarly, according to whatever they've decided that Pokemon sleep like. And so, yeah, you'll be collecting different Pokemon poses depending on how you sleep at night. It's a fascinating idea, kind of creepy. Still wondering what they're doing with this data. (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm still a little wary, I think, of where this is going. But um, I like the idea. It's a neat concept. Will I be downloading Pokemon Sleep? Absolutely fucking not. But I'm sure that people are happy to see this. Oh, I'll do what I did with the Pokemon Brush. Or or, uh, yeah, is. Pokemon... Um, Clean Teeth? What the fuck was that called? Pokemon Smile. Smile. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, same idea, basically. Pokemon... Yeah, at least with Pokemon Smile, like you had to have the camera up to your face yeah. and make a brushing motion. Oh, that was weird. Yes. So yeah, uh, Pokemon Sleep confirmed. Everybody's happy about that. The other thing that they talked about was a new Netflix television show called Pokemon Concierge. Mm-hmm. This is a stop-motion animated show, which looks really cool. Um, about the experiences of a concierge at a Pokemon hotel. Everybody was making their White Lotus jokes. Yes. Too easy. Come on, people. Be more creative. Um, Yeah, I don't know. This seems cute. Um, Family-friendly kind of Pokemon show for Netflix. Sounds right. Now, outside of the Pokemon Presents, I also want to note, this is a good place to mention this, they showed a brief trailer for the new Pokemon series with the new two protagonists. They had absolutely um, custom, uh, custom art. Yeah, a so promotional like, art oh, for for yeah. the main characters. I really, I really like the look of this. They also uh, somebody translated the um, the cast and crew, mm-hmm. um, and it looks like some people who have not worked on a whole lot of Pokemon shows before. Which means that hey, we're getting some fresh creative energy for this okay. series. I'm excited, um, especially the footage that they show. The animation looks great. Um, I'm ready for like, and it seems to hint at some like. All sorts of interesting storylines happening with the characters. I'm like, you know what? Yes. Give me a Pokemon show that's not as formulaic as the original show. Mm-hmm. Give me something like, I don't know, more contemporary feeling. I'm very excited for this. Um, so it premieres on April 14th in Japan with an hour-long special. No word on when it premieres here. It seems like if they were going to do some sort of simul- simulcast, I'm sure we would have heard that by now. Mm-hmm. The fact that they haven't announced that makes me worried that there will not be. They're going to probably just dub it like they've always done, and we probably won't see this until it hits Netflix in three months. Well, yeah, because it's dependent on the Netflix deal. When they finish the journey stuff. Yeah, which the the current series will run in Japan will end in two weeks. Right, right before the debut of the new one. Yeah. So, So, you know... Two weeks? Yeah, so we have this past weekend... 
Yeah. Next weekend and is then, the penultimate. Okay. And then, and then the finale's on the 17th. All right. Well, 18th, 17th, depending on um, when you get your news. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so, yeah, it'll be a nice month, I guess, of buffer between the, the end of this one and the final and the new season. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, overall, an interesting uh, direct. I still think that they really have dropped the ball about saying anything about fixing the, um, like, the frame rate performance of Scarlet and... And uh, Violet, I think, to say, hey, here's some DLC, spend more money on it without fixing the original game is kind of embarrassing. I still think that. I probably said the same thing last week. I still stand by it. It's embarrassing. Like, I just don't understand it. Like, Nintendo even admitted, finally, like, after pressure that they needed to work on the game. And to have the Pokemon Direct come and go without actually addressing it. I don't know what they're doing. Well, there was an update to there the game. There was, but from all, from all people like who have said that they downloaded it and installed it, it does not fix the underlying problem that the game runs like shit. There were bug fixes, but that's not what we asked for. <laughs> we <laughs> want the game to run at a stable frame rate. Well, there's also two new Pokemon added as well. Yeah. The legendary, like, one-time captures. You know, I get it. Like, I get it, like, you know, it's, they're trying to act a business as usual, but it's just, for me, and a lot of people, I imagine, are still kind of like, hey, no, you need to fix this thing before you can add on to it. But, who knows? So, yeah, I'm not super excited about the DLC because of that. I mean, I'm probably not going to get the DLC. Um, there's nothing in it that's gravitating me to purchase it, mm-hmm. add new Pokemon. Uh, they did announce that the compatibility between Scarlet and Violet and the Pokemon Home oh, yeah. will be updated later this year as well. Yeah, so so if you still care about that, if you're still paying for that, I stopped paying for that actually this year. You stopped paying your $5 a year? So I lost I lost all my Pokemon. <laughs> They're all gone. <laughs> oh no, my apes are gone. Except Pokemon Edition. <laughs> Whatever, it's fine. All right. All right. That's it for the Pokemon Direct. Yeah. What else happened this week? Um, we have a dual story here. Yeah. But, two, in, two, two, two stories in one. Yeah, but both uh, surrounding Square Enix. Yep. So first story, Square Enix has announced that it plans to replace current president Yosuke Matsuda mm-hmm. in a notice to shareholders published yesterday. Yesterday. <laughs> uh, Square Enix Holdings said it intends to replace Matsuda with Relative Square Enix newcomer Takashi Kiru, uh, pending shareholder approval. According to the notice, approval will be sought at the annual shareholders meeting currently scheduled for June of this year. Mm -hmm. Should the move be approved, a meeting of the board of directors will finalize the details. Okay, real quick, important note about this. So... The headline of the PR uh, like thing that came out about this from mm-hmm. Square Enix said that the reason for this appointment of this Takashi Kiryu guy is because of, quote, his interest in like innovative technology and upcoming things. And everybody's reading that, oh, they found a guy who was willing to do their stupid NFT bullshit. Probably. So that seems to be the theory here, is that they ultimately ousted the guy in charge because all the board probably was going so hard on the NFT stuff. They were like, well, we want somebody in charge who's going to do what we want them to do and go whole hog into the crypto uh, business. Maybe not just even the crypto, but uh, the uh, microtransactions. Yeah. 
And I can imagine the other part that's happening here is that he's being uh, basically the fall guy for recent continued underperformance of Square Enix's games. Um, they had like some dis- more disappointing numbers this year. Uh, they said that the, um, what was their most recent? I'm trying to remember. Something else underperformed, whatever they put out last, last year. Um, and so, yeah, they had to have somebody fall for it. It's just disappointing. Um, regardless. Anyway, so yeah. Um, You're trying to find it, right? Octopath Traveler? It was something else. Whatever, it's fine. It doesn't matter. It's not important to the story. But uh, yeah, so... So basically, uh, we'll see what happens with it. Uh, yeah, they actually have a game, a couple of games upcoming here. Uh, we, so Forspoken? Oh, Forspoken, that, well, that was the game I was trying to think of. <laughs> Forspoken apparently did not sell uh, like mm-hmm. they wanted it to, and they spent a lot of money on that game, and it shows in the product. And so, yeah, I think that ultimately that was um, one of the reasons why I think that they're taking the, that this guy's taking the fall for them. It's just like, well, there's your big project. Of course, on the horizon is Final Fantasy sixteen. Also, oh, Dragon Quest three. A lot is riding on that to uh, be a huge, huge, huge hit for them. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. Especially this week, after the buzz kind of being kind of mixed with um, the studio being very adamant that you shouldn't call it a JRPG. Have you seen this discourse? No. So they don't Final want to call it. So here's the deal: Final Fantasy sixteen, the the combat service, uh, combat uh, uh, system. Mm-hmm. Is a character action game. It's Devil May Cry. Okay. So it's not even close to anything that Final Fantasy has done in the past. And so a lot of people are being like, well, this isn't a Final Fantasy game. And so there's this back and forth between fans and Square and all the stuff that Square is saying is like, don't call it an RP- JRPG. Like, we don't like that term. We're, it's still a Final Fantasy because it all, it's all the storytelling and like cutscenes and presentation that you expect. And yeah, and the fans aren't having it. So there's like a little bit of controversy, I think, before this game comes out. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. Uh, we also have uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth coming right. out at the end of the year. As well. Maybe. <laughs> unless it gets pushed. Yes, unless it gets pushed. So yeah, uh, big week, a big mo- uh, year, sorry, week, month, year, whatever it is, whatever time frame I'm talking about, um, for Square to kind of prove themselves and this new guy uh, to prove um, if it's like... I don't know if he's going to um, make it work and make everything click going yeah. forward. But well, I know the, one person who won't be part of that. Uh, that would be Sonic the Hedgehog co-creator Yuji Naka. Because, hey, remember this story when we talked about how he was arrested um, for conspiracy over uh, stock? Yeah, uh, insider trading. Insider trading? Yeah. Well. That was shortly after uh, the Sonic for Tears game came out. Yes. Well, guess what? Uh, well, he admitted that <laughs> guilty. Yes. Uh, he admitted his guilt in taking part in an insider yes. trading scheme at Square Enix. As reported by NHK, Naka has been standing trial at the Tokyo District Court and when presented with his charges, admitted that there was, quote, no doubt he had done what he was being accused of. Naka is charged with violating Japan's Financial Instruments and Exchange Act. Uh, the FIEA, <laughs> or the FIE Act, uh, by illegally buying shares based on insider information. Yeah. His arrest in November of 22 uh, was alleged that Naka, who was working on Balin Wonderworld for Square <laughs> Enix at the time, 
was made aware that Japanese developer Aiming was working on a new Dragon Quest mobile game called Dragon Quest Tact before it was officially announced. Right, so so yeah, he admitted it. Um, this doesn't have this here, but um, in case you're wondering how much, over a million dollars apparently was on the line uh, for this. And so yeah, obviously that is lock them up uh, status kind of numbers there. So Well, maybe in Japan. Yeah, in Japan. Yeah. And so yeah, so it... Uh, yeah, uh, I guess I'm glad that he was honest about it. Uh, we probably won't hear from Yuji Naka for a while. Mm. So sorry, everybody who was waiting for Battle Wonder World, World 2. Sorry, sorry, not going to happen. All right. So <laughs> now that the... So, so between the Pokemon game news and the Square Enix news, mm. I saw a Japanese name. So I had to yeah, I'm sorry <laughs> about that. So some weeks, you know, some weeks Japan is only video game news we got. Sometimes I do that to you, too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you may have me read all of the really difficult basketball player names. Yes. I, or the tennis players. Oh, that does remind me. <laughs> we'll get there. Anyways. But first, uh, we have a game to talk about. We both played a game this week. Yes. Uh, a new we, release? Uh, new? Question mark? Yeah. Well, re- re-release. re-release. Yes. Kirby. We both returned to Dreamland, and Kirby returned to Dreamland Deluxe. So, yes, this is a remake of the 2011 Wii, uh, Wii game, uh, Return to Dreamland. This is your first uh, play, uh, playing, like, this is your t- first time with a traditionally 2D side scrolling Kirby game. Yes. You had previously um, began your Kirby adventure with um, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. No, I began my Kirby adventure, as most people do, <laughs> Smash Brothers. Well, yes, but I'm saying about like Kirby games specifically. Yes. Well, um, you don't play mainline Kirby in Smash Brothers? I mean, not. I Most people do. <laughs> so, uh, Return to Dreamland is, of yes, like more classic in Kirby structure. Mm-hmm. The hook here is like they have special mega uh, versions of the copy abilities that you can get by uh, defeating a mini boss. And uh, they have cool, crazy animations, and Kirby becomes super, super powerful for as long as they last. Um, that's kind of the hook here. Otherwise, it's a pretty traditional Kirby game. You're going through stages. You're trying to get parts for your new friend Magalore's ship so mm-hmm. he can recover and return to his home planet. Yes, the Magalorian. Yes, <laughs> very funny. As we've been <laughs> calling him. That's really good. Um, I played a little bit of this. I played about a couple hours so far. I've gotten a few worlds in. Uh, and it's a very Kirby Kirby game. Um, it is hearkening back for me to... It reminds me a lot of the 3DS games, including Triple Deluxe and Planet Robobot. It also reminds me a bit of kind of a combination of some of the stuff they did in Superstar, um, but with kind of the more modern Kirby um, in something like uh, Kirby 64. Um, It's fine. It's kind of where I'm at right now. It's a cute, fun Kirby game that I think a lot of people are going to be like, what else is here? And their solution to that is, well, if you want to take a break from the Kirby game experience, you can go to Magalore's Merry World, or whatever it is. And uh, once you go there, it's basically, you can play a bunch of mini-games and get stamps and unlock uh, characters and, like, accoutrement to decorate stuff with. I don't know about that part of the game. I think that... I've always been, like, weird with the minigames in Kirby. They're fun for one time, and then once you've played it once, I'm like, do I ever want to play this again? I don't know. I don't know if I ever want to play that again. So I find myself just returning back to the main game and just playing the story story mode. Also, I was playing handheld, so 
you're gonna have to tell me if you saw this if you saw this was there was a difference here but in handheld at least the frame rate changes drastically between the story mode levels and the uh the overworld for the minigame world it gets chopped where it's 60 frames in the story mode and then it's a really rough 30 so the other half i wouldn't know this okay not because I didn't play it handheld, because I did. Yeah. But rather, I didn't go to Magalore's... Oh, you didn't uh, even try it? I didn't even try it. I was Good, just Honestly, it's fine. You're not missing anything. I was just mainlining the story. So, how's you and your experience with this uh, pretty basic style of Kirby game? Uh, for me, it was maybe too basic. Yeah. I saw so one coming. of the things that um, I really liked about Kirby in the Forgotten Land, mm-hmm. uh, besides it being a 3D adventure was that there was a reason for you to go back to the levels if you missed stuff. There was a reason to go back and try and, like, collect stuff. Um, you missed this, or, def- like, finish the world in X amount of time. There's different, like, goals and advantages mm-hmm. of replaying each level. Here, uh, with Return to Dreamland Deluxe, as soon as I collect all the gears in that level, I yeah. have no reason to go back to it at all. Right. Yes. Um, also... That's all I'm collecting in these levels. I'm not mm-hmm. collecting anything else. Um, I've even noticed that, like, oh, I can just, I don't have to defeat anybody. I can just run past everyone. It's yeah. a speedrunner's kind of delight. <laughs> yeah, the current games are traditionally set up that way. And yeah. even Forgotten Land is that to a certain extent. There's sure. no real reason to destroy, like, to defeat all the enemies. Yeah. I don't know. There, sometimes there is because they stand in your obstacle way. You yeah. Destroy everyone here, then the next thing, like, Basically, arena drops. Yeah, yeah. I think your sentiment is more or less what the kind of the consensus is here. It's I think people were spo- spoiled by Forgotten Land. Mm-hmm. I think Forgotten Land has raised the bar where for a lot of people's expectations for Kirby games, and so to have a bit of a throwback here, mm-hmm. I think is throwing some people off and being like, "Wait, but this isn't enough." But that's the thing is that this was what Kirby games were. Until Forgotten Land, I think it's very easy to forget how the simplicity of games like Kirby's Adventure, which this reminds me a lot about, mm-hmm. a lot of. And so, yeah, um, I think that if you maybe keep your expectations to the level of a traditional Kirby game and not to well, Forgotten Land, I think it's easier to accept what's here. But you can very well skip this and wait for a Forgotten Land sequel if you really want more of that kind of Kirby experience. Now, this game originally came out in 2011. Right, yeah. And you kind of You kind of feel it, yeah. It looks a lot better, I will say, than the Wii version, of course. it's. Uh, I think it's a beautiful-looking game. It's very colorful. I love the character designs. There's, like, a very subtle cell shading uh, yes. effect happening, which I think really looks good um, and does give it a little bit of a different air than Forgotten Land's more kind of hate to say realistic <laughs> and yeah i do miss uh i, I do miss uh, the absence of mouthful mode yes i think um with the kirby uh, forgotten land for, with forgotten land mm-hmm. uh because you could get abilities and upgrade the abilities i thought that was just standard no that was new that Apparently was new I didn't know that. forgotten land <laughs> yeah. um and yeah these kirby games i think think of it as a pokemon game right yeah. like each of these kirby games have a hook Yes. And this is this game's hook. And, like, that was Forgotten Land's hook. It's like... It's the, the mega-evolved Rarely do they iterate. Abilities. Rarely do they iterate. There's no... There's a reason why there's not a whole lot of direct sequels in the Kirby canon, except right. for Dreamland 2 and 3. 
Demon Three is vastly different than one and two. So it's like, yeah, it's that. Well, the, you're talking about like '90s stuff, though, right? It's always been a series of this time Kirby is doing this, and this is just another version of that. Okay. So yeah, um, it's not going to be everybody's favorite Kirby game. I think that people who have nostalgia for that Wii game might uh, have a really good time here. I don't know if the stuff they added is enough to justify a brand new purchase, though. So I will say, give it a shot. If you can rent it on a Gamefly, this is maybe the best way of doing it. Yeah. Or even better, there is a demo on the Switch. Uh, download that, try out the demo. If that's the kind of Kirby that you want to play, then, hey, maybe you could pick it up. Yep. But I am trying to get, I'm trying to mainline the main beat so I can mm-hmm. get to the uh, new Magalore ending epilogue. Yeah, there's a, yeah, there's, it's like a two parts kind of game. Like, yeah. there's a first half and a second half. Um, so yeah. Um, it's it's cool. It's a Kirby game. Uh, depends on what you're looking for with Kirby, but I think most people will have a good time with this, and it's a good family uh, co-op experience. Now, speaking of co-op, have you tried the co-op? I have not yet. Okay. It's on the list. Uh, I don't know if Chrissy's going to want to play it. <laughs> we'll see. All right. She might have a good, jo- a good, uh, good uh, time with the Forgotten Land co-op. I couldn't uh, find time to co-op this week, so yeah, well, maybe next week, but I'm not uh, sure how fun it would be. Right. Anyway, and that's Kirby. Any you playing other games? Uh, I played a couple more levels of Hi-Fi Rush. I'm trying to finish that because, I, man, every time I play that game, I'm like, man, this rules. Man, this game is so good. And it's and I thought it was going to be hard to return to. But then once I remembered all the controls, I was like, oh, shit. No, I'm right back in it. I'm right back into, like, tapping my foot along with this game. It's just so, so good. It's the, it's so far, it's still the best game of the year. Like, it's just, it's it rules. Anyway. That's it, yeah. That's it for video games. Okay. Anyway. Anyways, uh, so, now that we're done with that, we're just moving right along here We can move podcast. on to the second half of the show. And this is where things will start, start to slow down, because we have a lot of thoughts here. Yeah, well, we go to television, and we always start the television section with the sports corner. First up, you guys had quite a week with the NHL as the trade deadline hit on Friday, and one particular trade was the talk of the town. Two trades. Yes. Uh, uh, uh. All right. Let's talk about uh, our friend, uh, your friend, and our, uh, mine, uh, Jonathan Quick. Jonathan Quick, which great name for a goalie. It is really. <laughs> it's great. Uh, has spent seventeen years with the Los Ooh. Angeles Kings. That's a long time. Spent his entire career with the Los Angeles Kings. If he survived up until Friday, the Kings could not trade him. They couldn't cut him. He would be a king for life, as this was the last year of his contract. They were talking about this on Tuesday night's game. Mm-hmm. Following Tuesday night's game mm-hmm. came the abrupt announcement out of nowhere that the two-time Stanley Cup winning goalie, <laughs> Consmith uh, winning goalie, <laughs> uh, all the trophies and accolades, Jonathan Quick, was being traded Uh-oh. from the uh, currently number two seeded uh, LA Kings to the Bottom of the barrel, eighth <laughs> seed, Columbus Blue Jackets. Damn. And the world, or at least my world, reacted in shock and awe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, shock that he was traded, and awe, you should have retired. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, this means that he technically will not be king for life, even if he does retire at the yeah. end of this year. Um Still 20 games left in the season, yeah. plus playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he was sent off to Columbus uh, in a 
really like shocking trade to everyone. Um, but he never actually stepped foot in right. Columbus because the very <laughs> next day after si- being signed to Columbus was then immediately traded to the Las Vegas Golden Knights, the number <laughs> one seed in the Pacific Division. Now, how are you holding up after that? Because you notoriously detest the Vegas Knights. Oh, yes. As they are strongly your number one detest. rival right now. Uh, how do you feel about this? Oh, strongly detest. <laughs> this is where my tinfoil hat comes on. Uh, uh, all right. This was always the plan? This was always the plan. Uh, the blue, the, or the, yeah, they never wanted them? No, no. The Kings knew that they couldn't get over to the Vegas Knights. Right. But they did know that if they had an inside man between the pipes, <laughs> uh-huh. that they could manipulate the uh, playoffs when they eventually played uh, to get to the Stanley Cup. Okay, okay. Because they're, uh, Ooh, right now they're ranked one and two. I'm so take your tinfoil hat and you're going to maybe like eh, fold it up. You're going to put it, just put, set it down over here. I think that's insane. <laughs> That's okay. Got a tinfoil goalie mask. <laughs> I don't think that would work very well. The puck just hits that, and you get, just crumples in, and you still get hurt. Um, yeah, no, um, I don't think you're right. What I will say though is that man, trades are wild, aren't they? Well, this it's was the trade deadline, and yeah, right. this was the biggest trade, at least. Um, wow. Well, that was technically not the biggest trade. Okay, what was the biggest trade? Ah, uh, also lifetime uh, player Patrick mm-hmm. Kane of the. Blackhawks, Chicago Blackhawks, mm-hmm. traded to the Coyotes, Arizona Coyotes. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, traded to, basically. Yes, basically. No no one watches. We, we don't want, yes. <laughs> From the biggest market to... The smallest market. To, we can't fill our stadium. To Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Patrick Kane trade. <laughs> Sorry. But, yeah. Uh, those were the two biggest moves this past week in hockey. Damn. Uh but yeah, um, next time the Kings play the Knights, which they will play one time before they will probably meet in the playoffs. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, Jonathan Quick. We'll see. They'll get to shoot on Jonathan Quick if he's playing. But he probably will because Vegas is hemorrhaging goalies right now, having <laughs> already gone through three goalies. Damn. <laughs> well, that's maybe a good move for them In the season. They needed it. Yep. We'll see how that goes, and we'll see how the hockey shakes out. You have a hockey game tonight to attend, so you yes. can give us the, the Kings update in real time. Um, but before that... Yes, all the tears, the memorial that is Jonathan Quick's goal. Yeah, sad. So sad. But anyway, if you're not yes. into hockey, you might be happy to know that baseball is happening and firing on all cylinders. So many cylinders, in fact, that the United States can't handle it. There has to be so much baseball that the world is playing baseball with each other. World Baseball Classic. Where the actual World Series will take place. Yes, the actual <laughs> World Series will start on Tuesday. This involves some of um, baseball's finest, including our own Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, not playing on the same team. Yes. Uh, but yeah, and so plenty of other names that you recognize are sprinkled throughout the international teams here. Um, I don't know how to watch these. I don't think that this is included in my MLB.tv uh, subscription. I wish it was. Um, yeah, I don't know if this is just a, um, a, a, a internet thing or if they're going to be broadcast at all. I'm pretty sure they're being broadcast, right? Yeah, I don't know. I honestly do not know how to watch any of these games. Um, 
Oh, FS1. Fox Sports 1. So I guess there will be ways. Yeah, FS1. But do your research, I guess. Um, but yeah, so those will be starting this coming week. Spring training is still in full effect. Uh, and the season proper, the MLB season proper, will start at the end of the month. Yep. So look forward to all that and more. Yeah, FS1 and yeah, FS2. FS2. So I guess uh, Fox has gotten the rights to these. Well, that's fun. Wait, where's the... Well, I guess to a certain extent. Oh, Tubi has some of these. Yes. Oh, there's the USA. USA plays Angels on March 9th. <laughs> Not televised. Not televised. <laughs> hey, the Angels Radio will have that call. That's next Thursday. That, that, hey, that'll be a good one. Anyway. Well, we're playing against our two powerhouses. <laughs> right? That's funny. That, that'll be hilarious. Yep. Who's going to pitch against Mike Trout? <laughs> Weird. Weird. Well, actually, this is a, don't they do that all the time? They do that bad practice. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways. Well, so there you go. World Baseball Classic. We'll see how that goes. Yep. And then uh, also in sports this week, uh, we may be in the offseason for the NFL, but that means that it's time to get the new blood in the system, and it all starts with the Combine. Yep, they are in Indianapolis uh, this past week for the NFL Combine, and the fastest man at the Combine is DJ Turner. DJ Turner. The second out of cornerback out of Michigan with a 4.2640 yard dash. Hot. Uh, beating out one Darius Rush. Wow, be a man named Rush. <laughs> I want to point out that there's a man named Keely Ringo. Yep, uh, Trivius Hodges Tomlinson. That is a that is a football ass name. There's yep. some real football names on here. Oh, we love going through these football names. Tyreek Stevenson. Yep. Jar Jartavius Martin. Uh, and Sydney Brown. Yep. 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 Robert Beal Jr. Very football name, football names. Nick Jones. Yaya Diaby. <laughs> Defensive end, Yaya. Chamari Connor. Tyreek Jones. Julius Brintz. Anthony Johnson Jr. Yes. Derek Hall. Lonnie Phelps. D. Marvian Overshone. Overshone. D. Marco Hellums. Isaiah Foskey. Okay, we can't. Do the rest of this podcast just re- reading names. <laughs> well, you just kept going, so I just yeah. kept going. <laughs> Anyways. So, yeah, uh, any other highlights from the combine? Uh, let's see, your strong man, uh, defensive tackle, Mazzy Smith, ah. with 34 reps of 200 pounds Damn. bench. Damn. Everyone start, Everyone gets 200 pounds to bench press as many times as you can go. <laughs> 34 reps in one go. <laughs> Yeesh. Yeah, this is uh, these bench press where you're gonna see your like your defensive tackles, right. your defense. So who's the man of the future? Who do you think that's gonna count? Like who's gonna be the man to remember here? Oh, that's gonna be your um, quarterback. Uh, oh wait, no, sorry, quarterbacks that haven't gone yet. That's right. Ah, uh, so we'll wait. Yes, wait and see for that one. No, but the uh, was it the vertical leap? There's your Jartavius Jartavius Martin. Martin. Yep. Well, there you go. Forty-four inch vertical for him. All right, well, uh, besides that, uh, yeah. what else has happened in the sports? Uh, besides that, so what they're going to do is they're going to take this NFL Combine, their stock, and this all leads to the draft, which right. comes out at the end of April. Right, so what's going So we still this? have a couple weeks here okay. um, going into it till we have the new players that we can pick from right. for fantasy purposes. Well, there you go. 
Um, and lastly, in sports yes. news, it is March. It is officially time to get mad. Yes. As brackets are coming. Yes, it's, uh, college basketball uh, gets mad. Uh, and so, uh, yes. Uh, it will be, it's not this week, and it's not next week. Uh, Selection Sunday will be on the 12th. Um, so, after next podcast, mm. we'll get Selection Sunday on the 12th, and the games will begin then, the week of the 15th and 16th. All right. Well, look forward to that. In the meantime, let's move on from sports and talk about some television news then. Yeah, it, it starts on Pi Day. Got it, Pi Day. Look forward to that. All right, our first television story takes us across the pond to talk about the BBC. Yeah, so we've talked about the BBC out here on yes. and off again about how they started to um, basically take away uh, internal resources yeah. and sell off parts of the BBC well, from what's considered public broadcasting into the private sector. Well, uh, let's just say employees of the, the Beebs are not thrilled about this to the point where employees have voted to stage their biggest strike in 13 years in protest over the corporation's changes to local content in England. The staff will stage their first 24-hour strike from 11 a.m. on March 15th, which has been timed to coincide with the UK government's budget. The National Union of Journalists, NUJ, has confirmed that the Coronation and Eurovision are also targets for their industrial action. Uh, just so you know the timeline of that. Yeah. This is the first strike. Mm-hmm. If things aren't met, the coronation is going to take yeah. place in April. Right. That will be the second strike. Uh-huh. Your vision is during the summer. So basically, when they need those employees the most, they will not be there. Yes. Some 83% voted in favor of the strike in a postal ballot, with the remaining 17% not supporting the walkout. The turnout was 69%. Nice. nice. Which was higher than some were expecting. Michael Stanistreet, Michelle, Michelle, sorry, Michelle Stanistreet, the NUJ General Secretary, said, quote, this this emphatic result demonstrates the strength of feeling amongst BBC members and their determination not to stand by and see local radio output dismantled, end quote. BBC staff have not staged a major strike since 2010 when there was a 48-hour walkout over a pensions dispute. So, uh, hey, good for the people over uh, working at BBC. I'm glad they're standing up for this. Um, it sucks to have something that was a staple of your culture kind of be, like, stripped, you know, and to, like, change completely from what it was for their entire lives and, like, generations before them. I think uh, state-sponsored, like, well, that sounds bad, but you know what I mean. Like, like funded, like, news. Funded by viewers like you. Yeah, it's, like, an important thing to have because, like, it... Um, it's easily accessible, something that everybody can access and get news. It's not just easily accessible. It's local right, television, local too. Stuff. Yes. You can't lose local reporting. If it becomes too syndicated, you get something like we have here with the Sinclair broadcast yep. stations, where the state, like the stuff they're saying, it's biased and twisted in a way that you wouldn't have if you had actual local people reporting. So, yeah, it's important. I hope that, they, um, that the strikes work and that they uh, get attention for this cause. Yeah, this isn't just BBC television, as it states. This is radio, this is yep. print, this is journalism. Yep. This is everything within the BBC, the not BBC, just Channel yes. 4 that they're, they're known to produce. Do a lot of stuff. So, yeah, this is important. So we'll see how that goes. Yep. And like I said, like if they're going to strike next week. Right. 
if there if, is no deal, right? Then they hey, then they look out for again. the look out for the coronation ceremony. Yeah, strikes will return. Yep, in coronation. All right, let's move on to some bits. Why don't we the bits? Some bits. Yeah. So there was no big, huge other story. But... Nope, but some small <clears throat> stuff happened. So let's go through those. First of all, first up, media boat paper poker face. Reached number two on streaming originals uh, during its second week. So, hey. Uh, number one is still Ginny and Georgia sure. on Netflix. But hey. that's also because it has 20 episodes by the time of its, um, by the rating. Poker Face. Yeah. Only five in its second week after the first four week bomb, or ne- first four episode bomb on the first week. Yeah, needless to say. Um, a big hit for Peacock. Uh, probably the biggest thing they've got going right now besides Are you wrestling. caught up? I am. Yes. Yes, I am. Yes. Wow. Uh, I don't even know what to say about that episode. Uh, the last episode, uh, episode nine, yeah. directed by one yeah. Ryan Johnson, starring yeah. his friend, <laughs> yes, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, yes. starring uh, Academy Award nominee Stephanie Sue, yeah. and our media book friend of the show, yes. uh, David Castaneda. Uh, yeah. Uh, we can't even spoil... I don't even want to try uh, describing what happened because it was a huge spoilers. Like, it's like landmine spoilers throughout that well, whole Well, it's not just landmine spoilers, but it's a great way to set yeah. it up for the finale, yeah, which well, is next week. Can't wait for that. I can't imagine what they're going to do to wrap this up. So that's Poker Face. Also in the news this week, The Last of Us hit one billion minutes on U.S. streaming charts. So a lot of people are watching The Last of Us and a lot of it. Not just the past episode, but... All, this is the cumulative of the past week of just The Last of Us. Yeah, wow. So, yeah, uh, there are currently eight episodes out. No, seven episodes out. Speaking of most recent episodes, that, are you caught up? Yes. Okay, so how do you feel about that adaptation? Um, so the last one, as we predicted correctly, yes. was the flashback to the DLC Left Behind. Yes. Um, how do you think they handled it compared to the game? Because I've heard some mixed opinions. I wasn't expecting the uh, the bumpers. Yeah. Um, I thought they wouldn't cover that kind of portion of the uh, show. Yeah. But I did see, like, uh, watching it on the online and, like, kind of the post-credit wrap-up of, like, okay, so that's why they purposely bumpered this. Right. Instead of leaving, like, we thought would be just the end, like, cliffhanger from the previous episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, That being said, I like what they did. Yeah. But also, I don't like what they did. (laughs) I like what they did. Okay, they made it their own. They made it very unique. Yeah. But I did want to see um, Ellie like actually follow through with it like they do in the video game. They leave it open to interpretation what happened, and I think there's a reason for that. You can't show kid-on-kid violence? Well, no. That's not what I was going to say. Oh. But I feel like we should hold that until we do like our full spoiler finale talk. Because I, do, I really am curious to see if that pays off, if that we do eventually find out what decision she had to make in that yes. moment because I have a feeling I think I know in the world of the show that they probably had her do off screen um, and but, I think that's well, different they, from what happened in the game it's right. my opinion I think that they're setting it up for the decision she had to make was different than the one she had to make in the game I'm also thinking that eventually when she confronts Joel or Joel someone confronts her about it that we'll see the ending yeah. flashback or to maybe it. she'll just tell us I don't know if we'll see it well, see, all Shorty has kind of told us in bits and pieces. Yeah, more or less, but yeah. But, but nothing like definitive. But yeah, overall, I really enjoyed that interpretation of it. I kept thinking like, wow, every single thing. I was like, wow, this is all in the game. Yeah. This is crazy how accurate it was. Of course, it 
this one was actually fully written by Neil Druckmann himself, and you could tell. Yes. Because it was very adhered closely to the game. And I was like, all right, Neil, we get it. Yes. You, you... get it. We were very proud of that game you made <laughs> 10 years ago. You get it. Uh, but yeah, overall, uh, neat. Uh, neat episode, and I'm uh, happy to see where they go. Like, I, I'm interested to see where they go from here. Yeah. Um, the side news, they did ask Pedro Pascual, because he is currently doing promo for The Mandalorian, yeah. if they were um, going to shoot season two this year. Right. And his response was, if they call me in for this year, <laughs> I will definitely be there. Okay. Well, we'll see. So, There's a lot of question marks about what they do for season two. Right? Yeah. We already know it's greenlit for season two. So yeah, but, uh, whether when they what? actually start um, rolling <laughs> cameras, we will see. We will definitely see. All right. Well, uh, now we're done talking about that. Let's move on to the rest of these bits. Zachary Quinto is going to star in an NBC neuromedical drama called Wolf. This is to replace... The recently finale of uh, New Amsterdam. I see. Okay. And I mean that specifically because yes. the wolf will be set in the at Bronx General Hospital. Uh, okay. Not uh, in New York where New Amsterdam was located. Got just it. in the, the borough, just outside of it. Does that count as a spinoff? <laughs> no, because they have to actually reference um, New Amsterdam for it to actually be a spinoff. Okay. As for Zachary Quinto or someone... <laughs> In that show, it had to have shown up in New York for it to be a spinoff. Okay. Who knows? The rules are weird. Yes. Uh, but uh, this will be specifically a neuroscientist okay. medical drama. Okay. So another one of those. Well, you know, it goes, they need at least two. Must always be two <laughs> medical <laughs> dramas on NBC. Yeah. They have Chicago Med, and now this upcoming Wolf, which we'll probably see in the fall. Bad name, honestly. Like, that does not evoke... Hospital drama to me. Well, that's because he's, he's Dr. Wolf. Dr. Wolf. His Dr. Last Wolf is a better name. He's yeah. called Dr. Wolf. But then you think horror, like, <laughs> oh. This doctor is also a wolf. Yes. Werewolf. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Doctor is becoming wolf. All right, next up in the bits here. Um, guy who I'm sick of hearing about, Jeremy Clarkson, is going to be done with his stint on hosting Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, the British version, in the UK. Uh, he will end next season. Because that season has already been shot. It's already yeah. in the can. So just the continuing exodus of Jeremy Clarkson. Bye. Good riddance. <clears throat> Speaking of, oh boy. Uh, Chris Rock. We mentioned before that he was going to do a live special on Netflix. Well, it would also be bumpered with pre- and post-show programs when it airs this Saturday. Is that today? That is today. Okay, so Chris Rock. Today, March 4th, as of this recording. Yep. Uh, so tune in, I guess, if you care. Yes, uh, this will be Netflix's first live <coughs> live streaming mm-hmm. of a show, yeah. for, especially with Chris Rock. So get your um, sensors ready, maybe. I don't know. It's on Netflix, so watch it on your own accord. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, you get a pre and post show. Yeah, hey. Uh, Netflix just trying out everything here. Let's see how it works. All right, with that, that'll do it for the little package of bits that we've prepared for you. But... Next, we have something else that we prepared for you. Some piping hot thoughts. All right. What did we watch this week? Where do you want to start here? Uh, let's start with the weekend. Yeah, it is the weekend. It right. is the weekend. And you watched some weekend. Yes. So last week, I mentioned that the weekend, Live at SoFi, was having his concert. Premiered Ooh. on HBO Max yes. last week. So this happened. It happened. I watched it. The concert looked amazing. All right. It looked fantastic. Um, I'm happy that I watched it. Um, also, if you don't want to watch it, or if you watch it and just want to listen to music, 
the album yes. The Weeknd live at SoFi is available. And that's what I was uh, listening to in the music section. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks so good. Uh, <laughs> the production value for the Weeknd uh, concert is just high. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go to this yeah. concert, but then also <laughs> tickets were like $1,000. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, for the weekend? Really? No, yeah, not, not worth it. Why do that? We're going to go to Beyonce for the, the same uh, concert. Right. Let's do the 500s for $500. <laughs> Don't do that either. No, not going to do that either. <laughs> um, while we're on the subject of the weekend, I want to mention some ancillary uh, television news that you don't have here. Yes. Um, the weekend will be on HBO Max's upcoming. Uh, <sighs> All right. How do you want to call it? Disaster? Uh, provocative disaster. Okay, so let's talk real briefly about The Idol, which is what you're referring to. Yes. Uh, Rolling Stone ran a piece this week, uh, basically from uh, using quotes from staff and uh, cast on HBO Max's upcoming The Idol, mm-hmm. which is co-created by The Weeknd and also the creator of Euphoria. Yes. Um, this one is the one that stars The Weeknd and uh, 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 Lily Rose Depp. As the titular idol. And do I mean titular? Um, so, yeah, it seems like, um, judging by the... I read the article, and a bit judging by the, the tone of it, it seems like, every, all, for all intents and purposes, the show is not what it originally was. Apparently, when they fired a director, um, that it, the Euphoria guy kind of took over, and it became his show, and they re- had to do a billion reshoots. They had to rewrite everything. They were waiting for scripts to come in at the last minute. Uh, crew were noting that the tone of the show has gone in a really creepy, skeezy direction, and that it's not, uh, they stripped out a lot of the female point of view that the original scripts had. Notably, um, The Weeknd is also part of kind of the complaints, as a lot of people say that he wanted his character to be more of a focus on the show, which kind of derailed a lot of mm. the production. Because, of course, he has a lot of, as a co-creator and a producer on this, he has a lot of sway. So with these two guys running the show, it seems like it, the, 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 the show has been a disaster production-wise, and nobody knows when it will ever be wrapped and when it will ever premiere. I think it's premiering in April, right? It's supposed to. Yeah, But that sometimes. keeps getting pushed because they can't finish making it. Yep. And so, yeah, as long as that continues to happen, uh, it looks like this show is just going to be a disaster. Uh, it seems bad. Uh there were quotes that came out came out by some of the some of the people involved. The weekend replied by a with a smarmy tweet at Rolling Stone with a clip of the show with the characters presumably in character ripping on Rolling Stone. I don't know if you saw that, but it was real. It was terrible. Some of the worst dialogue I've heard in a while. Uh, and then Lily Rose Depp just said basically a pretty bland quote about like how much of a how a good of a director she thinks that the Euphoria guy is. So, who knows when this thing will eventually premiere, but man, what a weird week for the weekend. I don't know. I'm not shocked because Euphoria guy, yeah. Uh, or, yeah, Sam, Sam Levinson? Yeah, yeah. Sam Levinson, yeah. Uh, creator of Euphoria. Uh, even when the Euphoria came out, I was like, who is this for? Yeah. Like, I still don't just, know. It's provocative for provocative sake, and uh-huh. here you go, the very next step, because HBO said yes. Do that again. Right. Well, it seems like what he thinks is that everybody's like, well, everybody loved that. I need to do it ten times Worse. Well, no. See, what it sounds now like. he can do it ten times worse because yeah. he's not beholden to yeah. high schoolers. <laughs> I mean, actually, how old is <laughs> She seems very young. I don't know. Well, no, the content you're for is supposed to be about high school, but and yeah. this is like the 
real world adult life. And Supposedly. With it more than Entourage could in its time. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like a disaster, and I have no interest in watching this, but man, it's a fun train wreck to watch. Speaking of fun train wrecks to watch. Oh, yes. Let's go to Netflix and talk about Perfect Match. So we talked already about how we've been watching Perfect Match, which is basically, as Christy put it, the real world road rules of Netflix reality. Yes. Uh, where it's basically like, let's just pour everybody from our universe of shows, the um, NRU, if you will, uh, <laughs> the Netflix reality universe. Yes. Um, and make them uh, pair up with each other and play stupid compatibility games and then uh, get eliminated by the end of the, of the Except night. Except these people have had relations with everyone beforehand. Basically, yeah. giant Netflix cast reality parties yeah. where they've all seen and met each other. And so even if they haven't met each other, they've slid into each other's DMs and have somehow e-met each other. Yes. It's such a weird, weird universe of people that they've created. And uh, yeah, and thus chaos. So you have finished it. You've wrapped yes. up the entire series. You thus, know who the perfect match is. Yes. I have an inkling of who it probably is. You're wrong, but go ahead. Wow, okay, I'm wrong. Okay, interesting. Well, no, you're right, but you're wrong. That. You're right, but you're wrong. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> there's I have finished it. Okay, so... The two episodes out. I'm just going to kind of get to touchy uh, ending here. Spoilers. Okay. So, the perfect... So, perfect match, not the perfect match, because you can't be the perfect match. Sure. Um, especially when you're all reality contestants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, perfect match is... Ends in a way that should have ended. Okay. Basically, the producers and the cast and crew did... The producers and the main characters did everything they could to set up what's essentially perfect match right off into the sunset. <laughs> but the crew, uh-huh. uh, meaning the uh, people who actually vote on who <laughs> was going to win, said, no, F that. We don't want to do this. And more or less kind of rigged the final results because <laughs> the end result is not on exactly on who the perfect match is, but okay. rather who all 10, or not to see 10, just couples, all 15 people who've been on the show vote on who they think is the perfect match of a couple. Got it. Okay. So then it no longer becomes who is the perfect match, but rather who's the more popular because the popularity contest it just end. turns into the circle it's the circle yes so here's the thing and i think what you're saying actually makes me feel more confident in what i'm going to say christy and i last night watching those two two penultimate episodes yes we were like this was a failed experiment yeah the show doesn't work i think this show week after week has proved itself that the the entire concept is so weak and flimsy that no one knows what they're doing no one knows how to play it. Nobody knows the premise of it. Basically, mm-hmm. from person to person, they have completely varying and wildly different ideas about what, how you're supposed to play this game, what the strategies are. Because nobody understands what the game is. There are no set rules, <laughs> unlike with all the other reality shows that they have where it's set rules. You have the circle where you are playing as this profile talking to other, pe- other profiles. Uh, too Hot to Handle, where you cannot have sex <laughs> on the ultimatum, where you have to yeah. make a decision. Well, this has none of that. To uh, Love is Blind, where you have to follow through with going to the altar within 30 days. They really thought that if they just tossed all of these people in a room together, or a beach together, that a show would be created. And it didn't work. They can't, like, nobody knows what they're doing, and the people who are successful on it 
are literally just successful because nobody is messing with them. It's just like... It's, it's the antithesis of the circle where, yeah. with the circle, the producers, you can very tell, producers yeah. are pointing and manipulating and just doing all this random stuff to make the show happen. Whereas yeah. this was, oh, all these people are just big personalities that everyone loves on Netflix. They gave them Throw all them all the, into yeah. a room, into a house, and watch chaos happen. They gave them all the tools, and they haven't been using the tools correctly, is basically how I feel about but it. But we have thoughts. Yeah. I agree with all of it. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's almost too long. <laughs> it's way like too it long. Like, keeps, it keeps going, and it's like... <laughs> Wait, we're going to reintroduce so, this person again? Right, again. Wait, we're going to... I think it might have They're been, all standing... They're all in standby at a hotel nearby. <laughs> yeah, like, are they in, like... You know, like, it's um that show, F-Boy Island. F-Boy Island. Where there's, like, a purgatory... Limbro. Limbro. And, like, the other... The, the Except you don't see what happens in Limbro. <laughs> I know you see what happens in Limbro. You don't see what happens here. Right. Once they leave... Once they're booted off, once they yeah. leave without a match... But then they they pretty much I don't want to spoil it for Matt, but they pretty much all yeah. come back. I mean, uh, we saw the description of the final episode because Kirstie pointed that out. Like, wait, everybody comes back. I'm like, well, and yes, they all come back and they all vote on who they think is the perfect and you're actor. So far into, you have to finish it. No, yeah, no, we will. We'll probably finish. It oh, today, don't worry. But... The actual penultimate episode is only thirty minutes. Yeah, I saw that. It's not an it's hour like, like everything else. So here's the thing. Fundamentally, I think the problem is, is that, well, like I said, nobody knows what the game is. Nobody yes. knows what they're supposed to be accomplishing. There are because, no set rules. Because Nicholas J claims <laughs> that the show is about finding your per- perfect match. But that is not how it, that, the actual game is set up. Mm-hmm. So then, alternatively, if it's not about that, the game is about surviving to the end. Yes. But it's also not about that. Because like you said, they keep bringing people back. So there's no actual punishment for playing badly. And it's hard to know. <laughs> Right. Until the boardroom in the middle of it, where they're like, oh, wait, this is Shane again. Oh, this is Except Shane. they're never surprised, right? Like, that's yes. the thing that confuses us. We go into the boardroom and they're like, they're not like, what? Nick is back? No, they're just like, oh, Nick is here. It's like they were briefed on that part of it. They were like, well, people are going to come back. Well, I'm pretty sure that it was like, hey, we're going to get all 20 of you into like this ballroom hotel. <laughs> we're going to choose, like, go right. through all our safety briefings so you all know who's being cast here. Yeah. And then one by one, we're going to bring you into the room, into the, the uh, yeah. Airbnb that we've rented out for the month. But that's the thing. is like you mentioned that that was important that you mentioned that all these other Netflix reality shows have a very clear hook and very clear rules. Yes. This one does not. This one is just literally they were like, well, if we put them all together, they'll make a show happen. And yeah, they were kind of right. But it's a pain to watch. It's like not a fun show to watch. It's a train wreck. Also, notice <laughs> how a lot of... Like, okay, where, like, yeah. you, you want it to be Love is Blind. Like, because yeah. Love is Blind is Similar so perfect. Setup. Yeah. Yeah. It's so perfect. It's, it's <laughs> so, like, cringy. You can't stop watching. But, like, it's it's very, I think it's But with the ultimatum, they've already had established relationships prior yeah. to being on the show. I think, it reminded yeah. me of that vibe where it's, it's hard to watch it. Versus Love is Blind, like, you yeah. cannot. Then the circle, both yeah. of those. Right, yeah. Those are, like, Structure they're trying to recapture that magic. So I think emblematic of the problem of the show is the experience of Inez. Yes. Inez's experience is the reason why the show doesn't work. And she's like your favorite person. Yeah, because she comes in with genuine expectations that she is going to play to find her perfect match. She's doing what the premise is supposed to be. But because no one else is playing like that, 
She gets fucked around every single time. And yeah. it's pretty obvious that the one person she should have been with, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. It's just like every single guy that she was paired with, up with changed their mind about her in the next episode. And so she kept being like, well, there's nothing here for me. And then she would get tricked again and again by these guys who literally were like squirming around because the girl that they actually wanted didn't want them. There was also less of a finality stakes once the show ended. Yeah. Uh, well, one, what's the cash prize? They never say anything. They never say anything. The right. well, I literally asked, like, Christina was like, wait a minute. They never said that there's a prize here. Well, Is the prize the just that they fall in love? Love was the ultimate prize. Well, Is it not? Get, no, no, no. But, but, but until they, no, uh, that's not, that's not mentioned until the very that's end. Very, that's uh, funny. Literally, it's like, oh yeah, by the way. By the way, we're paying for this. By the way, we're going to pay. That's funny. Because we couldn't think of anything else. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it seems such a sloppy production with, like, not a whole lot of thought put into it. They legitimately thought that there was just going to be a show in front of them, and it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. There will not be a season two of Perfect Match. This will never happen again. This was a failed experiment. Yes. (laughs) That is my ultimate thought about it. This is why um, they only approve four out of every five... They will do something uh, else. Things. They'll do something similar where they invite a bunch of people from the shows back, but it will be a different structure than this. I, yes, they need to restructure. Yeah, it doesn't work. Like, also, don't like, send them to Panama and don't bring anybody <laughs> from the Circle of France. I think is what they learned. They're just trying to. I, I just, yeah. No. Nobody watched the Circle of France. Yeah, we didn't. Like Chrissy was like, who's this? But like Inez was so likable. Yeah, like, she was like so normal. Like, she was the only normal. She was a normal person in a yeah. room full of reality people. Yeah, that was the problem. And so that's why everyone she didn't, played like a reality game. She re- and she didn't play it like that, yes. so she got screwed. Well, the, the biggest example of that was Will from the mole. From the mole. Like, I just want to win. And it's yes. Like, but what, what do you even? But what is winning? What yeah. Is winning? There was a line yeah. in the episode we just finished. There was a, my favorite moment with him, which we, I was just like, where I turned immediately on him. I was like, oh, I kind of liked him initially. He was like kind of charming. And then, but and then, then he has that conversation line. with, uh, what's her name, Diamond? Yeah. Yes. Where Diamond's like, wait a minute. So you went up to Francesca uh, and talked to her. Did you have feelings for her the entire time? And instead of just being like, yeah, his response was, well, feelings are different than having a conversation. So then Diamond knows, like, oh, wait, no, so you're not, you're being honest about being an awful person, is basically what he was yes. saying. You're being honest that you're just playing this as a strategy because you don't, like, yeah, you're you not talking stay. to her to, for right. feelings that you want a relationship. You want, you're talking to her because you want to stay in the house. It's just a bad note. It's like, Will, what the hell? But having watched the mole, at least part of it, yeah. it's not no, because that's how yes. they played the game. Yeah, that's yeah, how they yeah, played yeah. the game. Which is weird, because if you compare that polar opposite to Dom, who is also from the mole, who has been playing this actually, I think, pretty well and pretty genuine. Like, how can you not love Dom? I know Dom seems like a nice guy. Dom seems like the most normal. I guy. loved the bit where George is rapping and she <laughs> shouts out that apparently he loves anime. Yes, and Chrissy and I both are like, yeah, that checks out. Yeah. We're both like, yeah, Dom loves anime. Yeah. He probably had like the Goku, the Goku shirt buttoned down when he was fourteen. <laughs> but they also you know? they couldn't allow him to bring on the show because it was uh, copyright. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's a little, little yes. Dragon Balls on there. <laughs> oh my god! I love that for him. Anyways, it's such a disaster. It's such a failed experiment. It's an entertaining train wreck, but it's ultimately more of a train wreck than I was expecting it to be. It's also nothing about it makes me want to watch this again. Or want to watch a no, sequel to this. No. And yeah, and honestly, everybody except for like a couple of people, I think Dom is okay. And honestly, 
we initially were like a carousel at the beginning, but then by by the time that the, the show's about to wrap up, we're like, you know what? She's all right. You do turn. It's yeah, we turned on carousel. Yes. It's interesting who you turn on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought when she when she first came on, I was like, "Oh, Abby, she's so cute and she's so nice." And now I'm like, oh, "Abby, God. come on." <laughs> it's okay. It's like, uh, if you really want, there is the spoilers of what where they are now. Now that the oh, show's really? back, that's up. hilarious. Yes. Of course, I looked that up. Yeah. Was like, it checks out. It checks out. Yeah, it checks oh, out. Yeah, a lot of smart checks out. That yeah. smarmy moment where Will is hugging Francesca and Francesca's like. I'll see you outside of the show. We were both like, like, oh my god, she sucks so much. We have a theory that Francesca is an unfeeling robot. <laughs> she is not capable of human. We'll emotion. get to M three and later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny too. That's a whole other. Oh my god. Just, like, she is the worst. She is one of the worst per people. I have ever seen in my entire life. I apologize for this long rant on the perfect match. Yeah, we're sorry, <laughs> podcast listeners. We just needed to get this off our chests. <laughs> but having watched her in Too Hot to Handle and then having her, like, ruin Love is Blind. <laughs> She's... Which, which I think is, like, such a fun, goofy... They probably keep inviting her back to things because she's terrible and she yeah, causes drama. She causes drama. She's the most, like, she's an android. She does not have a heart. She does not have a heart. Uh, well, speaking <laughs> Anyways, of robots and drama. On. She has a heart. Speaking of robots and drama, <laughs> the Mandalorian yes. is back. Not a robot, but oh. it is a drama. Would you like, do you have thoughts on the Mandalorian? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so tell me about, this is season three, right? Yes, this is season three following 2.5. That was the Book of Boba Fett. Have you had enough of Pedro Pascal yet? No. <laughs> All right, tell me about it. All right. Well, no, that, no, that was Book of Boba Fett was Man of Fett. This is a straight up Mandalorian. No Fett involved here. No Fets? Okay, they got rid of the Fett? Yes. All right. But they did the... the Grogu one grew th- up, is from what I understand. You have older Grogu. He is growing up. Okay. He is still small. All right. So but he small. is growing still up. Baby. He's still baby. Yes. Adorable. He is still baby. But, he still looks like the Lego back there. Yes. <laughs> but okay. he's now well-versed in using force powers. Okay. At least the force pull and the force push. Okay, Sure. Uh, because that's all you really need to do with the force mm-hmm. when you're that small. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's fun. Um, I really, really liked the opening of this uh, season because it was the best fake out they could have done. Okay, I think calling it a fake out though is now spoiling it. <laughs> the fine. opening scene, but the opening scene. I'm not going to watch this. Please spoil. But the opening <laughs> scene, it's so epic. It's it's epic. It's big. <laughs> it's grandiose. And if you think it's going one way, and then it whiplashes you, and in, but in the best in the best possible way. way of like, okay, now like now's the story going to take place. And he's like, oh wow, like it was. I've seen a lot of fake outs done, especially this past week uh, in other shows. Where like, yeah, that's not really a fake out. I knew that was coming. Yeah. Right? That's very obvious. But this one was done really, really well, and. Um, it just goes to show that John Favreau knows how to direct good stuff. Turns out. Give him more things. <laughs> uh, but it does bring up the, um, you get your overall arching goal in the in the first opening of return to Mandalore, bathe in the caverns beneath the citadel to be cleansed of your sins. Okay. Just very easy, very simplistic, one line set up, what is the goal for this season? And I love that. It's very simple. You can easily follow through. It's the long line that's going to run through the entire season. 
um, because we're done with if the previous season's long line was get Grogu to a Jedi that mm-hmm. may or may not exist, and you complete that by season two. Now you need something new for season three, and that's where it's going from here. Okay. Uh, one of the conversations that John Favreau has um, gone on the record saying is that. There is no definitive ending for The Mandalorian. It will go as long as he has ideas for it. All right. And I'm all for it. Yeah. And everybody loves it. And I bet Disney Plus is cool with that, too. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm not even a Star Wars person, and I have been fully sucked into it. Yeah. And love it. Well, that's because there's a child. (laughs) The child. The child. The relationship they've made between Mando, it's very, like, Mm -hmm. father-son. It's very cute. Now, if you want to watch Father Daughter, everybody's <laughs> making the same joke, which is that Pedro Pascal is just forever going to be typecast as guy who has to carry magical child somewhere. Yes, which is very funny to me. Well, I mean, yeah, he's doing a decent job. He's like taking over TV. Like, yeah, he's everywhere. Real. He's but, everywhere. It's so funny. I'm curious to see where it goes. Yeah. Uh, speaking of overtaking t- on TV, uh, he was on SNL two weeks ago. Yeah. So if you want to watch that, um, but. If you are interested in watching absolutely terrible TV right. on SNL, yes, Travis Kelsey will be hosting SNL this weekend. Oh God! With Marin Morris oh, as a no. musical guest. Oh, I didn't know that. I might so, watch for Marin, but we might watch for both. I don't know. It'll be the first episode we watch this season. Oh God! <laughs> in its entirety, it the most notorious hosts on SNL are always the sports people. So I can't wait. Yes. This is going to be a train wreck. Okay. Yes. Oh my god, I forgot about that. I hope they do a riff of Catching Kelsey. <laughs> Incredible. Like, I forgot was, about that. That was like, it peaked. Like, there's no way. It can't get better than that. It was so good. Give me oh. Catching Kelsey again. Catching uh, Kelsey 2. Yes. 2.0. Well, uh, thank you. Thank you for <laughs> your, thank you for your input. But yes, Mandalorian Season 3 <laughs> has started. We'll watch it through. We are, right. once again, hooked and enthralled, and we're off on space adventure. Yes. Battling space pirates. All right, but you have one more show to talk about. Let's be brief, because we can even speed this train along. Yeah, we had very derailed with Perfect Match Yes, there. we really did. Sorry. <laughs> All right, so this is a Netflix game show called Cheat. All right. Well, it's not really Cheat. It's C-H pound signed. A-T. Okay. Because this is a UK game show. All right, what do you do for cheat? So it's uh, your simple question and answer game. Okay. There's four people, 16 questions. Each one answers four questions. Now, here's the hook. Okay. There is a box in front of you, a screen, with a button. You can press the button to see the answer. Interesting. Okay. Now... So you can cheat. You can cheat. You can straight up cheat, like... Yes, yeah. I want to see the answer, and I want to right. give the answer. Yeah. And give the right answer. Okay. But your other uh, contestants oh. can call bullshit on you and say... Wait. Isn't this the exact same thing as that bullshit game show? Bullshit game show? Remember the bullshit game show? Uh, it was called The was Bullshit called Game bullshit. Show. Yeah, but no, that one was... Oh, Howie that was Mandel. to tell if they're lying about their lives, right? Yes. Okay, never mind. Never mind. No, no, that's to tell the truth. You're right, yes. Wait, are you sure? Oh, yeah, the card game. Okay, this is a card game. That's bullshit. confusing. Anyways. No, no, that was a g- game show bull- called Bullshit. Sorry. Uh, well, they can't. They move on to plan B. Anyway, sorry. Oh, no. So, so this one, Bullshit, was they was multiple choice. 
and they say their answer right. and try and convince the other people that they know the answer. Right. Okay. Never mind. You're right. Never mind. Anyway, that was sorry. bullshit. Sorry. This is cheat. This is cheat. They're two different you shows. You can cheat. They just have to. Then they have to figure out whether or not you yes. cheated. Bullshit is. I'm telling you, this is the answer, and here's why this is the answer. Do you believe me? Yes or no. Mm-hmm. Cheat is. I'm asking you a question. You give me the answer, and I will tell you if it's right or wrong. Okay. But if you know the answer, or you think you know the answer, you can just say what the answer, what you think it is. Mm. Or you can say what it is. Or you can press the button in front of you, hidden from everyone else, and see what the answer is, and give that answer. Right. Now, everyone else could say, oh, like, ooh, I think you're right. Like, everyone knows that answer. So, yeah, you're, you didn't press the button there. Or, right. nope, I don't think you knew that answer. You definitely cheated. Press your button and say... Yep, that's a cheat. Right. So, so much of it's probably on delivery of like how they're saying it, if they hesitate. Yes. Like, does it look like they moved? That kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Okay. Interesting setup. Is it fun? It actually is. Okay. Because there's three rounds. First round is um, basic setup like that. Um, if you, and you don't know until it gets to the voting time of, how many people actually press the cheat button? Because mm. you build up your stack of money. Oh. Uh, 1,000 uh, pounds per correct answer, total of 16,000 pounds for the first round. Then, for every time you press the, when someone press the cheat button, mm-hmm. you get less and less money. Uh-huh. So the actual total of that first Got round it. is it not 16,000. It can be, like, say, like 10 people press the mm-hmm. cheat button, or they press the cheat button 10 times. It's actually 6000 mm-hmm. So you're really incentivized not to cheat, even though it's available to you. You're incentivized not to cheat, mm-hmm. but you're also incentivized to cheat. Because one person gets... Uh, one person... Um, the person who correctly guessed um, the person who cheated the most. Okay. Like, the most, like, call-outs of who cheated. Like, of calling cheat. The most correct answers for that is the ultimate, like, uh, is the winner for that first round. Mm-hmm. And they get to boot off someone. Okay. And whoever got booted off, how many other times they called cheat, or they were caught cheating, gets batted back to the pot. Got it. Okay. Interesting. Seems a little complex, but I guess in the actual playing of the game, it makes It's a little complex in explaining it, sense, yeah. but it goes so fast, okay. and it's very simple rules, because it's not like, you don't even know all these rules Initially, it's, right. I'm going to give you the rules. You have two options, option one or option two. Do you want to call bullshit, or do you want to give me the answer? Mm-hmm. If you're not on the clock, do you think they're telling the truth, or are you calling bullshit? Okay. Right. Which, Charlie Cale would just, like, absolutely rule with this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> the letter on. All right, well, cool. That's cheat. Yeah. Uh, four episodes are up right now. Okay. It's going to be rolling out four episodes for the next three weeks. That's on Netflix, you said? It's on Netflix, yes. Okay. All right, cool. Um, Any other TV that we should If it wasn't about? super British, yeah. I think I would like it a lot more. Oh, sure. Uh, because it does, it, I asked several questions like, like on that. the UK billboard chart, who's right. number one? I was like, Shrug. I don't know. Give Robbie that, Williams. Give, give it's always Robbie Williams. Give, give me that button. Then <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who's like the most winning uh, football coach? Like in the Premier League, I'm like, I don't know. Give me the cheap button. I don't know. <laughs> Anything else in TV we should talk about before we move on? Uh, I mean, no. I don't think I have anything else. All right, let's move on. Cancellation and renewals is the next section here. What am I no longer watching? Eva Lasting gets a second season on Netflix. The Tourist gets a second season on the BBC. 
Star Trek Discovery will end after its upcoming fifth season on Paramount+. Plus. Oh, and um, not on here because we don't cover daytime TV, right. but Rachel Ray will be ending after 17 oh. seasons. Oh, there you go. A hardly 30-minute meal near you. All right, and then... I the think la- it was an hour show. Anyway. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, uh, one death this week. Tom Sizemore, age 61. Actor, was in Saving Private Ryan, Black Hawk Down, among other things. Uh, again, I, I know him from his very good-to-say name, Tom Sizemore. Yeah, that uh, was a very sad. I think that was last night I saw that. Yeah, that's a rough one. That's 61 is pretty young, yep. so. Yeah, uh, he will be missed for sure. Let's move on into the movie section, our final section of the day. And we start that, as always, with the weekend box office numbers. Your number one movie is still Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania with another $32 million. That is at $167 million domestic. Following that at number two is Cocaine Bear with a premiere of $23 million. So not quite enough uh, to beat the Marvel film. However, note about that Marvel film. This is what now the biggest uh, drop off, I think, between uh, week one and week two for a Marvel film? Yeah, it was 110 down to 32. Ouch. So not great, but hey, it's a weird time for movies. Yes. Also, it's a weird movie when it's not a good script. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out, yes. Did you hear my thoughts about it two weeks ago? Number three, Jesus Revolution debuts to $15 million. (laughs) Sure. Number four, Avatar The Way of the Water, still around $4.8 million this week. That's at $6.65. And rounding out your top five, as always, is Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. With another four point one million, that's at a healthy one seventy three. I say that's still, a pretty good hit for DreamWorks. And still waiting for it to come on Peacock. <laughs> yeah, still waiting. Upcoming this week, <clears throat> horror movie fans, it's Scream Time. Scream Six will be in theaters on Friday, yep. as well as Champions. This is why Woody Harrelson was on SNL this past weekend. Right. right. It stars him. It's a kind of throwback to. Animal House, the kind of National Lampoon right. uh, kind of films. I wouldn't watch it. I think... Yeah, yeah. It's uh, well, it's Woody Harrelson, and I think it's Special Olympics. Oh, boy. So... Mm, worried about that one. Yeah. Uh, what was that one that John Nashville did? Oh, Jesus. Lose, the Loser? Something like that. No, no. The Losers was a, diff- was a different movie. I don't remember. But then if neither of those... Uh, the Ringer? Ringer? Yeah, the Ringer sounds I think right. that sounds right. And then, uh, neither of those do it for you. You might be into 65, which is the big, um, back in time ancient, like, I am Adam Driver, and you will watch me act for two movie. hours. Yes. Uh, so, I don't know. This seems stupid. Well, it has a partner- partnership in sponsors with the NBA currently, <laughs> so that just tells you how much they're trying to drive yeah. people to the theaters to watch this. So, we'll see. But... With that, let's move on to movie news this week. Yes. Uh, as for this past week, um, Creed 3 did come out. I'm planning on watching it at some point this week. Okay. Maybe, if I can find some time. Uh, but I'll have my thoughts on Creed 3 next week. All right, cool. Look forward if to I that. If I get to it. We'll look forward to that next week. In the meantime, speaking of next week, it is award season. We are in full swing. We are in the heat of it. And we are one week away from the Oscars. Um, so, yes, this is typically when we would do our, um, nope, next our week. nomination show, except we happen to have the day before to do that. So next week, we will talk about our predictions. However, we need to lock in our predictions today. Uh, 
today. A week prior, or tomorrow, by by, tomorrow. By tomorrow. So by tomorrow, we have to have them locked in. I haven't even done them yet, so I need to do those today uh, because I haven't even thought about it. But to help our uh, predictions, we have a couple of results to talk about. We have the Screen Actors Guild Awards that happened. The biggest voting block for the Academy Awards. They are actors. So yes, it's important. And everything, everywhere, all at once nabbed the Best Ensemble Prize, which is usually a good indicator, although it hasn't been in the last, like, five years that we've done this, I swear, at the 29th Annual Screen Actors Guild Awards on Sunday. It also broke records, becoming the biggest film winner in the history of the show, sweeping nearly every category. The last two weekends saw the film take top prize at the Producers Guild Awards and the Directors Guild Awards as well. The Oscar hopeful dominated the evening with four wins, followed by The White Lotus with two victories, because television is included here too. Brendan Fraser earned Best Actor honors for his work in The Whale, A24, the indie studio behind Everything Everywhere All at Once and The Whale, and worked victorious in every film acting category. On the TV side, Jason Bateman and Jennifer Coolidge won the TV Drama Acting Awards, and Jeremy Allen White and Gene Smart won the TV Comedy Acting, or t- Comedy Acting Awards. Wrong emphasis there. Yes. So uh, yeah, yep, um, Jason Bateman for Ozarks, Jennifer Coolidge for White Lotus, yep. uh, Jeremy Allen White for The Bear, all right, Makes and sense. Gene Smart for Hacks. Yes. So uh, feeling good about everything everywhere. Well, once well, I bet you are. Oh uh, yes, yes, yes. Especially after be after the Baptist, which we talked about last week, where yeah. uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, front swept those, but yeah. those are the British awards, and they are very British. Sure. Well, no, uh, everything all at once is German. Film. Right. Uh, no, you're thinking of um, All Quiet on the Western Front. All Quiet on the Western Front is you very said everything film. everywhere all at once. Yes, everything everywhere all at once is going to it's win. It's not a German film. It's not film. a German film. <laughs> but if you, what if, what, you know, in an alternate universe, universe it is. Somewhere out there it is. <laughs> because it is. According to that film's logic, it is. In that universe, you have bratwurst hands. Yes. <laughs> Anyways. With sauerkraut coming out. Yeah, ooh, gross. Um, so yeah, that bodes well, I'm sure, for your predictions going into next week. Yes. Um, I am still riding the hype train that is everything, everywhere, all at once. Because, yes. uh, let's see here, in about one week from now, I, it would have been when I saw it in theaters <laughs> in, in March, in March yeah, last year. And to have a film, basically, one year later, dominate everything. Yeah. Continues. I can, I can see it happening. I mean, we'll talk about predictions next week, but... Um... Yeah, I, I could honestly, at this point now, I could see it. I can see it. We got we got to lock it in, though. Right. We have to lock we'll our lock predictions in. in. And we will have our official yes. Academy Award next predictions week. for next week's episode. Meaning, if you want to match our predictions, <laughs> you either do so on our website next week, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you have to listen to our podcast yes. before Sunday's show. Stay tuned. But in the meantime, if you want to know the world of animation has been up to, the Annie Awards were also this week. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio was the big film winner, of course it was, at the 50th Anniversary Annie Awards, snagging five wins, including Best Feature and Direction. The Netflix pick also won for Best Production Design, Character Design, and Music for a Feature. Last year's Netflix's The Mitchells vs. the Machines won the Annie, but eventually lost Disney's Encanto for the Oscar, though, so keep that in mind. Yes. Marcel the Shell Shoes On, another stop-motion pick. Scored three wins for indie feature, writing, and for Jenny Slate's title voice role. As Marcel. Oh. It was second with eight noms coming into the evening. 
Turning Red had the third most nominations coming into the award show, but went home empty-handed. Boo. A uh, weird year for Disney, I guess. Yeah. I like Turning Red. I don't know if I liked it more than Marcel, though. Um, and I haven't seen Pinocchio yet. Maybe that's something I should do this week. <laughs> anyway. Um, meanwhile, it's time to pencil in The Boy, The Mole, The Fox, and The Horse in your animated short Oscar pool. I also have to watch that this week. I that's on def- Apple TV. Yep, and I will definitely be marking that as my yes. go-to. Yeah. It collected four Annies for Best Direction, Editorial, Customer... Care, customer animation, what the fuck? Character Animation and Special Production. So, yeah, <laughs> dark, mark those down in your animation categories. Um, I could, I could, I think that Pinocchio is a lock for animated features. Just because it point. says Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio? They'll vote for him. I'm sure they'll vote for him. I'll because Guillermo del Toro's name is in the freaking title. I know, he did that it on not, purpose. He not, did that on purpose. He definitely did it on purpose because it's not just another Pinocchio. Right. Although, illegally, I bet you had to with that Disney thing that came out this year. I wonder if that was like a leak with them. Like, sorry, you have to put your name in this. Yes. So, regardless. It might work out for him in the end. It might work (laughs) out. All right. That's it for television news. Like I said, watch this space for predictions next week. Mm -hmm. But before we go, I watched a movie. You you finally watched M3 again. Dancing Robot. Megan... Uh, the Blumhouse produced a uh, horror movie. Are you not going to call it M3 again? <laughs> when I'm actually talking about the movie, I think you should call it Megan, which okay. is the actual title of it. All right. Uh, but yeah, so uh, this kind of came out uh, earlier this year in January to a big surprise. Uh, I think a lot of people weren't anticipating it being as good as it was. Mm-hmm. The uh, audience reaction was pretty strong, critical reaction pretty strong. And it is now available on Peacock for streaming in two forms. I want to note this. By default, the form that Peacock gives you first is the unrated version of the film. If you want to see the uh, the film release, which, by the way, is PG-13, you can do that. I say that because I didn't even realize that that was a PG-13 release until after we had finished watching the unrated film. I assumed that they had gotten the R for it, but maybe they really drew strategic where they cut. Yeah. <laughs> so I could see it getting in a PG-13, I guess. But um, I think I think you if you want to watch this movie, just watch the unrated version. Anyway, unrated, unrated version. Oh, unrated. I thought you said unrated. Unrated. Unrated version. Anyways, so Megan, yeah, I'm glad uh, we finally watched it after all the hype. I can safely tell you, it lived up to the hype. Really, we had a really good time with this movie. It's not very scary, but it's not trying to be. It's that not that kind of thing. It is in the proud uh, horror movie tradition of you're laughing almost as much as you are, like, cringing at it. Um, The setup is just so ridiculous and over the top, and they know it is. This is going for, like, this is going for the humor of it. This is absolutely, every opportunity they have to be like, wouldn't it be ridiculous if we had her do this? They are taking advantage of is in that proud tradition of, like, a Sam Raimi, like, Evil Dead kind of style. Okay. It is that kind of movie. If you're coming into this thinking, like, oh, it's going to be creepy. I can't watch... I can't see a doll again. It's not Orphan. It's not, it's not Orphan, where it's no. creepy. No. It's definitely not... It's not, in, like, that kind of horror movie. But it is a good time. And it's just... Every scene is just, like... Everybody is taking it so seriously, which makes it work so great. Like, Alison Williams is, just is like, in her get-out mode here, where she is just, like... No, I'm playing this straight, even though I know everything around me is completely goofy. Um, the effects here are very impressive when you consider how much of this was a practical puppet mm-hmm. as opposed to a CGI. There's a lot of CGI, though. Um, 
Wait, it was a fractal puppet? It's not a, a There's person? a fractal puppet that is used in a lot of scenes. It's for, not a person? Megan. Okay. It is not a person. Megan is not played by a person. Uh, okay. It is either a puppet or a CG thing. Um, yeah, and um, it does exactly what you think it will do. It is a good kind of like metaphor for, honestly, what's been in the news a lot lately. The uh, ever-creeping up uh, dread of AI and what it will do to us eventually. Yeah. This is a kind of timely film in a way. To like portray like no, this is where that will eventually go. It's almost as if all these AI like nerds have not like watched any speculative fiction in the last fifty years. No, they just watched uh, <laughs> Steven Spielberg's AI and want that universe. <laughs> right, I guess I don't know. Even that, doesn't that also have a sad ending? Well, I mean, <laughs> they out survive humans, so maybe <laughs> if you're know. humans, it's sad. I guess not if you're a robot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it turns out we're not robots. Um, but yeah, so I think it's a good time. It's fun. Um, it's not like the scariest horror movie in the world, but I don't think it's intending to be. It's um, it's ridiculous. It's over the top. It gives you the things you want it to give you. Like, it's a good time. And now that's available on Peacock, a lot of people can just watch this. And mm-hmm. I, think it's, it, I think it's fun. Uh, we had a really good time. And it sets up at the end of it uh, the potential for a sequel. So Meg Foran? Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, spoiler uh, to tell you more about it, but yes, uh, it oh, does okay. set up the possibility of something else happening to these characters. All right, yeah, uh, we had, we really liked it. Okay, so maybe I will check, check it out. Check out Megan. All right, All right that uh, I didn't watch anything else uh, in terms of a movie, but we do have a fan question. All right, so our favorite uh, questionnaire asks: Who cuts the barber's hair? That's a weird question for our podcast, but uh, I'll try to answer it. So well, I'm sure that barbers have barbers. Yes. It's like, a, it, you know, it's turtles all the way down, I guess you could say. It's yes. just like bar- every barber has a barber who gets the barber's hair. Yeah, exactly. So um, if we're sorry, a podcast. That's not the question. No, but we are a podcast. <laughs> so the question for us is, in this week's podcast, what do we listen to? What do we enjoy Ooh, listening to? Good question. Uh, I'm sure, uh, quote, or the question goes on. I'm sure you've taken some inspiration from some of your favorites, so Absolutely. I'm curious to know what you all like to listen to. Yes. I, myself, was a big, giant Bob hey. listener before the great Exodus. Love to see, love to hear from Wait, a fellow was the, the first Exodus or the second Exodus? That's a good question. <laughs> Depends, right? Depends. So, now you guys are my main source of video game news. Oh, wow. no. I'm the sorry. pressure. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but what are you guys into? True crime, education, <laughs> cooking, health, lifestyle, pop culture? Can't wait to hear your answers. Uh, I've been waiting 10 years, no, 15 years for this question. No one ever asked me about podcasts I listen to. Um, so, I, just like you, uh, yeah, I was a huge, uh, am still a huge video game podcast listener. It's my main kind of podcast, only kind of podcast I listen to right now. Uh, there's been times where I've like tried out like music podcasts or something mm-hmm. else, but... Really, I keep just going back to the same video game podcasts uh, all the time. I still am a Giant Bomb listener. I will never stop as long as they have some sort of... I love Jan. I'm going to listen as long as Jan's on there because I love him. Um, and, you know, Dan is, you know, Dan. Um, so, yeah, I've listened since they started back in 08. And before that, I was a big one-up show uh, person. When the one-up implosion happened, it was, I was pretty sad about that. Um, and, yeah, you're 100% right. I have based... My approach to podcasts, one hundred percent on those two shows, like one up the one up show back in the day, and then or one up yours, 
and then now and then giant bomb after that bomb cast like we're kind of my template for how i approach video game uh coverage and so yeah 100 you nailed it uh there are podcasts i listen to right now uh the waypoint podcast i love them um even after austin walker left i still stuck with them they have really good um they are more of a political kind of point of view on a lot of game stuff which has been really vital lately especially with stuff like you know, with Harry Potter and, like, Atomic Heart. And so, like, they really get into, like, their reasons, and it's a lot of their coverage, which is why I've been able to talk about those subjects here. Um, stuff that I wouldn't have known about uh, if I didn't have their perspective on it. For, for retro games, I really like Retronauts, which is a podcast that actually uh, goes back to the one-up days, but has continued independently ever since. So they're going on, like, almost 20 years um and i really really love uh their coverage they really delve deep into some um like video game franchises and classic games all the time so that's a good one i'm trying to think um speaking of dan from giant bomb he does that side project fire escape with uh mike mahardy and mary kish i listen to fire escape uh as well um uh, what else what else what else i miss i feel like i'm missing one uh podcast podcast podcasts Oh, and of course, the Nextlander stuff. After um, uh, Vinny, Brad, and Alex left Giant Bomb, I followed them over at Net, uh, Nextlander. I was listening to Jeff Gersman's solo show. I stopped actually being his patron because he just does podcasts himself. And I love Jeff, but like I just can't listen to Jeff talk for three hours every week almost by himself. I know he does some guests every once in a while now, but I'm just like, all right, I get it, and I appreciate what he does, but I just... It just was kind of a slog to get through every week, so I stopped listening to him. Um, oh, yeah, and recently, uh, formerly of Waypoint, um, Natalie Watson and... Um, what's her name? Uh, I'm blanking on the other uh, host. They just started a, a, a podcast, called, I think it's called Death by Internet, where they talk about like internet trends and stuff. They did a really good episode on TikTok a couple months ago that was really good. And they're also doing a, a, a Elden Ring stream right now, which has been fun to, to watch bits and pieces of. But yeah, uh, those are probably the podcast listening right now. But like I said, I've dabbled in uh, music. I listened to the New York Times podcast for a hot second with John Car- Carmonica, I believe is his name. Uh, they did some really good Taylor Swift coverage when Midnight's came out. Uh, and Lindsay Zolad's one of my favorite music journalists, has been a guest on there for a few episodes. So, but I kind of dropped off of them as well. Um, what else? I feel like there's something else I'm forgetting. All right. Well, while you're thinking about while that. While you're thinking that, what are you, why are your podcast uh, docket? Uh, so, um, used to listen to a uh, friend of our show, or we went, went to college with, um, Katie. Mm-hmm. We had a podcast mm-hmm. called Learn to Nerd, right. which had a bunch of people come out and just nerd out about what they were very interested to. <laughs> whether it was like um, knitting shows, books. Uh, TV. Oh, I just remembered something. Um, Sorry, continue. Yeah. So just it was very. Um, it was a basic kind of basic podcast, but it was very um, interesting in getting other people who are very interested in what they're interested in talking about, like their interests, their interests, their fandoms. I think that she had one about like the uh, comic, not Comic Con, the Anime Con. Okay. And like people like dress up and um, like what gets them to like dress up, how they get around characters and crafting uh, their cosplays. I uh, also listened to um, it was a shit show podcast, <laughs> which was, which takes people from the movie industry who worked on projects and details 
like, well, this, like, in essence, every time a, a movie or a TV show gets made, it's a shit show to make. So this is all, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff of, like, oh, we had to deal with this and this. And, like, oh, you like this scene? Well, here's how, like, it took, like, three days to shoot this one scene. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. And, like, how, like, um, well, favorite ones recently was from The Office, and the um, they talked about the uh, proposal episode from The Office uh, where uh, Jim proposes to Pam. Mm-hmm. How that took $250,000. To film because they had to recreate a convenience store as well as rain, and it took two days to get the shots right. Oh my god! And it was their most expensive shot on the entire show, mm-hmm. just for that because they knew how important it was to the show and how they wanted to get it right, mm-hmm. and they couldn't get it right because the water kept breaking. Oh, no, <laughs> oh, that sounds terrible. Uh, um, other one I listened to on a seasonal basis is my football. Podcast show, and one that I kind of based a lot of what we do here, especially in our structure on, okay. is uh, the Footballers Podcast. Uh-huh. Um, I've been listening to them uh, since 2017, so year after we started this. Because <laughs> yeah. that first year was a shit show for us. Oh, wasn't that bad. Okay. I'm still trying to figure stuff out. Yeah, but like, started the second year, I was listening to more of them and their structure. Mm-hmm. And like, they're very structured in what they did. And listening to them like on a daily basis um, actually helped me get into the finals. Every year since 2017, in my final fan, in my uh, final fantasy, in my fantasy <laughs> football um, championships. Yeah. yeah. So I listen to them uh, when football season comes around. They're my go-to. I listen to them every day. They put out new content in football season. They truly put out football content outside. Like right now, they're going through the combine players. Mm-hmm. Uh, I listen to them kind of in like giant, giant bombs. <laughs> In Bombs, they sure. only put on two episodes a week now, uh-huh. but I still listen to them. Um, I also listen to uh, TalkCast Pod Show, kind of similar to us, how it's a kind of a grab bag, grab all of whatever they've been, uh, media they've been consuming okay. over the past uh, week or two. Okay. Not very consistent in <laughs> episode releases, I will say. Uh, but what, are I you do... saying that other podcasts don't do this every single week until they die? I know, right? What? The, the... Unbelievable. I it can't. is very unbelievable. Mm. See, that's the thing. That's coming from what I was listening to. You do this every week. You have we to never miss. No, we never miss. You have to do this every week. Someone has to be here every Someone. week. <laughs> At least one person putting a new episode every week. So, yeah, talk cast pod show. And then, uh, oh, the one that, um, I'm going to segue this into our uh, brackets for oh, yeah. our March Madness brackets. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, but Fantasy Everything is also a podcast okay. I check out. Right. Uh, it's a God, who forget who the guy is? Uh, he used he used to be a writer uh, for um, Jimmy Kimmel. Used to be a writer for Jimmy Fallon as well. Um, and basically, it's him and his friends uh, doing fantasy drafts of anything and everything. Oh, that's fun! So they did one of one of my favorite ones are like the Taco Bell menu, <laughs> just items straight off the Taco Bell menu. Well, the cheesy gordita crunch on my yes, team. Uh, Disney films. Um, <laughs> Actors, actresses, um, 80s comedy films. Right. Like um, One of the recent ones was uh, like 2000 comedies, like strictly um, Judd Apatow films. Oh, no. And you draft those <laughs> films. Um, just whatever you want. So Ooh. it's like, we're just giving you a topic, but there's five of us in the room, and each one has a draft of, I want this to be my number one pick, <laughs> and like so on and so forth. It's very fun. It's very outlandish. It very goes some places at times. Uh, there's also I like that uh, podcast because if you listen to it consecutively, there's a lot of callbacks to other shows that they did in the past. Okay. 
Um, so I like that kind of like continuity that they bring in, especially when they, even though they do rotate people in and out, kind of like guest um, drafters, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there is still a lot of continuity within like the three main people who are still there. Okay. And that's uh, that's a very hoot and a laugh to listen to. A hoot and a laugh. Yes. Also, speaking of hoot and a laugh, um, I don't listen to them that often, but uh, the people who do the Fantasy Football Podcast also do a comedy show called The Spitballers Podcast. Okay. And there's also some comedy elements in there. Um, some of the two of the same hosts, but I just um, I don't listen to that one as much. Got mostly it. the football one. Okay. Uh, lastly, uh, something that was on your screen right now reminded me. I also listen to uh, a Simpsons podcast called Talking Simpsons. Okay. Where they go through every episode of The Simpsons. They're in season 13 now. They've I'm, been I'm sorry. Along on a, I know. <laughs> I think they're sorry, too. That's uh, uh, Bob Mackie and Henry Gilbert. Uh, they used to be video game journalists before this, so that's mm -hmm. how I knew them. And, yeah, it's a really informative Simpsons podcast. If you want to know every single thing about every episode of The Simpsons, they're really, really, really good uh, sources of information for that. Uh, they also do a spinoff where they talk about um, any other cartoons, like where they just pick a cartoon, an episode of a cartoon to do. And uh, they've also started doing movies as well. So, yeah, there's a whole lot of stuff to dig into with their Patreon if you find that interesting at all. Yeah, uh, all. Ian Carmel, that's his name. There you go. All fantasy everything. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right, well, hopefully that's a lot of podcasts for you to add to your, uh, to yeah. your, to your list All podcasts, everything. Uh, all fantasy everything. Little Debbie Stacks. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, with the Sklar Brothers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, so they have guests every episode? Yeah, every episode oh, has every guest. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I might have to check this out. This sounds great. Yeah, like I said, uh, like I started listening to this a couple uh, yeah. years ago. I started with the first one, which was some, like, just random talking about, like, that's where the Taco Bell episode came from. Yeah. So, like, cozy things. It doesn't have to be, like, actual things, just <laughs> things that make you feel cozy. Sure. Cookies, great. movie deaths. I love it. Rest All right. Rest. Well, yeah. cool. So, yeah, those are podcasts. Hopefully that gives you some stuff to, to pop into your phone. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting some, so I might revisit this another time. But yeah, but I don't think we, we don't really do true, true crime no. podcasts. No. If you're looking cooking. for... The podcasts that are going to win podcast awards, then don't look for us because we're just not, we don't care about that shit. Oh no, we do because <laughs> the one that does win the awards for me is the Fantasy Footballers podcast. Uh, does it? Okay. That actually has won uh, several awards for well, best fan, mainly the fan votes because of the foot, the Foot Clan. But hey, podcasts are one of the thing, one of the few times that I can say I was there <laughs> because the that one of, that one of yours podcast was in two thousand six. <laughs> Nobody was doing podcasts. It was like them. Like video game, video game journalism created podcasts. This is something I'm going to die. Like this is the hill I'm going to die on. Cereal? Who cares about cereal? Video games. They they gave you podcasting. Anyway, sorry. They they, uh, they, did, they did the deep diving first. Yeah, I was there. LCD sound system voice. I was there. Anyway, that's enough of that. Thank you for asking yeah, that so question. Yeah. So no, yeah, no true crime, no Joe Rogan. No, no. God. God no! How dare you? How dare how you dare speak his name that. on here? Anyway, if you have recommendations for us, hey, let us know, and you can let us know or ask any other questions or give us feedback for all sorts of things by emailing us at mediaboatpodcast at gmail .com. And if you want more of us and talking about podcasts and um, basically our tournament format, March oh Madness, boy, here's where we get it to talk is about it. Here, it is March. It is here. And by it, we mean Taylor Swift. She is the subject of our Mark Madness bracket this year. We have chosen to go through every Taylor Swift song on all of her 10 albums. No bonus tracks. Uh, and rank them. 
So how we're doing this is in five podcasts over the course of this March, we will be going through each of our records, determining which songs will move on to the final bracket. And then in the fifth episode, we will have a bracket of 16 songs to choose one victor. Yep. So we will have three episodes out by the time the Eras tour actually yes. starts. So, uh, so yeah, get ready for that. So this is our Eras bracket, Taylor Swift Eras bracket, yes. officially. Uh, so tune into that. That will be or I'm calling it Taylor's turning. Yes, Taylor turning. <laughs> uh, we'll be going up on our podcast feed. No video for that one. Podcast feed, audio feed. So check the audio feed for those episodes. One should be live as of this recording. Yes. So that will be our first era where we talk about the t- first two records. Debut and Fearless. So, self-titled debut. Self-titled yes. debut and Fearless. So tune into that, listen to that. We'll be back on Tuesday for another episode of that. But in the meantime, if you want to know more about us, here's all the places you can find us. First up, we're on MediaBoatPodcast.com, where you can see all sorts of writing and posts about our podcast episodes. We're on YouTube, where you can see video versions and watch us live when we record live. That's YouTube.com. Search MediaBoatPodcast to find our channel. You can also find us in audio form. This is also where you'll find those Mark Madness episodes on podcast services such as Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, iHeartRadio, anywhere you listen to podcasts, pop in Media Boat Podcast. Go to Twitter if you want to see our Twitter at, at Media Boat Cast. Facebook, search Media Boat Podcast on there to find our page there. And then the stream video games every once in a while, although we've taken a break since we've been playing some twi- Switch games. Yes. Uh, but we'll be back sure, surely soon with more video games to stream on Media Boat, on twitch.tv slash Media Boat. Well, I've also been playing the band yeah, game. we're not talking about that. The band game. Band game. I'm not, I'm not streaming it. The game that must not be named. Well, I'm not streaming it anymore. Okay, but you're still playing it. Yeah, I'm still playing it. The game that must not be named. Yes. All right, thank you for joining us at this edition of the Media Boat Podcast. We'll be back for another episode next week. Yep. We'll be back um, with more news, more thoughts, our official Oscars mm-hmm. uh, predictions. Oscar predictions. Oh, and also I'll be 33. It's weird how that works. All right, see you guys next week. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.